All right, guys, we got a big one here today. We've got a part-time graphic designer, a full-time independent wrestling booker. <laughs> you know him, you love him, you see him before every show. Man's never finished an opening promo yet. None other than Andrew Bowers. Mr. Bowers, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, welcome to Popping the Boys. No problem. Thank you very much for having us. Well, it took a while. It, it, it took a, a while. Solid, <laughs> solid two years of us in your DMs. Yeah, and I had a call. I had to get angry and call you out on the last podcast. So. You did. All you had to do, though, was book chop on your show. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was enough for me to realise, ah, God, I'm going to have to do some cleaning up here. <laughs> oh, so you're not here because you want to be. You're here because it's, <laughs> it's, damage, it's damage control. <laughs> well, we, we still got you. That's all, that's all that matters, really. <laughs> the history books will remember that Andrew Bowers guested on this show. Yes. No. Well, I'm glad to be on because I do genuinely want to say thank you very much for, for doing the podcast. I mean, when we started North, I never thought there'd be like an actual podcast done specifically about our show. So it's like, it's a that is a very weird kind of like lovely thing to happen so yeah i just wanted to kind of come on and say thank you for thank you for doing that it, it is really cool um we don't do well with comments Wait, nah, so. Carl, you're, gonna have, you're gonna have to edit that out mate. so we'll, we'll, appreciate, <laughs> we'll appreciate no more then we'll say thank you we are yep, very yep. you're very listen we love doing it we love the show yeah. you put out so it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not hard work for us um, it's, well, it's, it is, but um, <laughs> it's genuinely a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure, but please, no, no more of that. I don't, yeah. I don't Does that mean I can go now, though? I've that's it. That's the show. <laughs> right, cool. Thanks, guys. Wrap it up. Thanks, thanks for uh, coming. It's a, it's a full on Father Ted done with this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just watching Father Ted. This is just because it's this podcast, so why not? Um, I was watching Father Ted the other day, and I forget how much, how funny that show is. Like, it's amazing how it was it's the best one. one person, and definitely not someone else. I still I still reference kicking Bishop Brennan up the arse like I still reference that like any given point just this face of, of shock I love yeah. that I, I love it's, it's yeah. when they get the like the 10 foot by 10 foot uh, like it's canvas so, printed of it. I think I say I think I say so what's it all about Ted at least once a week you know when he's the protest and the the, the sexy movie <laughs> so what's it all what's it all about father <laughs> Nah, um, I love yeah. that show. Oh, great the, times! The two the two phrases that are in my lexicon are uh, so I hear you're a racist, racist. now, um, <laughs> and um, love that, and uh, just you let Dougal do a funeral. Just <laughs> it's, it's just when it cuts tight, this hearse has crashed in the grave, and it's just Dougal being like, right. So <laughs> it's excellent. Oh, well, it's um, a fucking great show. It's a great think, show. I, I think it's but we aren't we aren't a Father Ted podcast. Sadly. No, um, thank God. I'm rubbish at remembering quotes and stuff like that. I mean, we could just, I could just share screen some Netflix and we could just watch some Volatel, <laughs> just do some live commentary. Watch along. I'd, I'd yeah. that. <laughs> that, that's a great, Craig, write that down. It's a great idea for a show. Hey, watch, watch along. Let's, let's, watch let's, along. Rec- let's record them and never release them. Yes, we do yeah. that. Father Ted, watch along with some wrestlers who've never seen Father Ted. I reckon Shreddy's never seen Father Ted. <sighs> Shreddy's seen Father Ted. Nah, no? nah, I don't think he has. Wouldn't get it. Um, <laughs> so should I introduce the two the two super yeah. fun games that we're going to do on our biggest guests we've got so far? Yeah, Craig, mm-hmm. let's uh, ex- let's explain to Andrew Bowers who we've wanted for ages um, that we're going to use him as a guinea pig for two new seconds <laughs> on the show. <laughs> I'm definitely up for that. That's cool. So as long as you don't talk about my like, oh well, hang on, are we going to talk about my favourite wrestling matches of all time? Uh, I mean, it's a wrestling podcast. We might talk about wrestling at some point. It might because I could. I'm terrible with remembering any anything like that. So if, funny games are my thing. Yeah, let's okay. go for it. <laughs> funny games we've got. Mm-hmm. So 
obviously you'll have seen that we put on Twitter and you very kindly put in the North Facebook group that if anyone wanted to ask you any questions, they should hit yeah. us with Ask Bowers. Um, we've sprinkled a couple of hours in, we've sprinkled a couple of our friends and we have 20 questions that all have the possibility of being asked to you. Um, and we cool. were originally going to decide how to answer those by using a spinning wheel um, <laughs> much, much like on um, Family Fortunes. No, not Family yeah. Fortunes. Um, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Um, yeah, yeah. However, supply issues means we don't have that. But what we do have, Andrew, is a D20. Because uh, nice. So every <laughs> nice. So often... We are true wrestling fans. Yeah. There's a crossover <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. So that's so, the D20 of destiny. At yeah. any point, that shall be ruled, and you will be asked a random question. Yeah. At any given time. Um, and the other segment, uh, Mr. Bowers, is a one that we have called Chop or Not. Is <laughs> <Just> not. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you're aware that we managed to interview uh, Chop last month. Uh, that show is going to be coming out soon, but you'll have not heard it yet. So we are going to yeah. ask you, um, well, we're going to say a number of quotes mm-hmm. that may or may not have been said by Mr. James Haley during this interview. And we are going to ask you, chop or not? Oh, God. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So at any point during this interview, <laughs> chop or not, and the D20 of Destiny will come out, you will be asked random things. Just a bit of fun. Just a bit of I'm a giggle. Yeah. This is like, it's like a live editing of Chop's podcast. <laughs> Essentially. This is, these are the bits we weren't sure if I could leave in. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll yeah, see if you can that. guess if Chop said them up. We just made it up and make it sound like Chop. Um, <laughs> But we are a wrestling podcast, so like every other wrestling podcast in the world, I think it's uh, I think it's only right that uh, we start off with music. What you're listening to? What you what's what what you're rotating at the minute? What am I rotating at the minute? Let me just quickly check again. My memory is so bad that I literally have to like just I have a, I have to genuinely I create yeah. a digital uh, brain most of the time. So like okay. there's a uh, program we use at work at my company that I work that I run which is essentially just got everything in my brain in. So at the minute, what am I listening to? Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <clears throat> um, oh, I'm assuming we're in there somewhere. This guy. Yeah. I, I was drunk. You are, look. There you go. Pop oh, no Right next to Mark Mara. Nice. Um, unfortunately, I was, I was quite drunk on Sunday. So the last kind of things I was listening to are top hits of 2006. Excellent. Uh, the 90s kid disco, because my friend is having a kid's birthday party and she was like, what, what's appropriate to play that isn't completely shit? Yeah. So uh, we've had some good songs on that. But what I'm actually being... DMX what I'm actually for two hours. That's right. Yeah. That was my <laughs> suggestion. What I actually have been listening to recently is... Um, have you heard of uh, the new Kid A Amnesia, the uh, 20 year anniversary Radiohead? Um, oh, kid, okay. kid A, Amnesiac. Um, opinion, I've never been a huge fan of Radiohead. I think it depends on what you like, isn't it? Really, yeah. like it depends on what you're into. But yeah, I go. I'm like really. I've always listened. Like over the last couple of years, I'm really into a band. Uh, like a singer songwriter called Alex G. Don't heard of him and Jay Som. I'm a bit of a music wanker. Guys, <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, but also, I, um, I've really been because we have because the next 
um, show is MF Doom inspired. Yeah. So I've been listening to a Just lot of MF Doom. Yes. You can never go yeah. wrong with a bit of MF Doom. Yeah. No, RIP. I'm very obsessed. I have been for years and years and years. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've kind of, I kind of listened to a lot of that. Also, um, every time I die, I've been listening yes. to a lot, of, a lot of them. That's recently, that's, def- that's definitely my scene. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a way to see them at a, um, not think tank. Boiler shop. Boiler shop. That's it. In yeah, Finland. yeah. I've got tickets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll be going um, to that. I don't know if I'm more excited for them or the Bronx. Cause I love the book. Oh man, like uh, can I swear? You can swear on this podcast. Yeah, yeah swear. Yeah, we Absolutely. take that little explicit, explicit context, but that's fine. <laughs> I never know. Uh, yeah, like the, I love the Bronx. I've loved the Bronx for years. So I used to like. I was really into like growing up. I was in. I was really into pop punk. So Green Day, Blink One Eight Two. That kind of like then went into a bit of like an eighties hardcore DC punk type stuff. So like Fugazi. Right. Um, right to spring, minor fret, uh, could do that type of thing, and then um, I got really into Deftones, like the the Deftones and Nine Inch Nails are probably two of my favorite bands of all time. Um, so I listen, to, I listen to a lot of them still yeah. to this day when my wife's not in the car. That's just like <laughs> like the headphones, me by myself in the car. So, <laughs> just get that yeah. get that industrial air industrial on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that's I don't know. Yeah, that's what I listen to. I, I just listen to quite a lot of stuff. I try and Same. as you might hear yeah. from the, the from the actual show names, they're all lyrics for songs that I like, or lyrics yeah, in songs that I like. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously the last one was Sam Fender. Um yeah, yeah. I've I've noticed Kendrick Lamar, Bring Me the Horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I don't know part of the puke. That sounds like something Andrew WK would do. Yeah, that's Andrew yeah. WK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a classic one. The man likes partying. He really does. He really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we thought um, <clears throat> that with with your love of music, you've obviously got mm-hmm. Chop on one hand, who is your sound guy, your music guy, and mm-hmm. your other better half during North, the soon-to-be-departing Tom Campbell, is the mm-hmm. host of a very popular podcast called Desert Island Graps. We yeah. thought... We would combine these two worlds into a never seen before idea. Right. Um, we've got a working title so far. Um, we're thinking of calling it Desert Island CDs. Um, <laughs> and I would just like to know, Andrew Bowers, what would be the five albums you could take to a desert island with you? Okay, right. I'm going to just pull you up on one thing because the music man is not Chop. Chop just does the videos and cues and stuff. The music man is my it's good Carl. friend. Carl. Is Carl. Carl yeah, so <laughs> have the, not Carl Gack, Carl Smith. Uh, Carl so, Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carl Gack was a photographer. Carl Smith has been my mate since, uh, like, um, we've known each other since middle school. So, uh, but yeah, he cues up all the music at the back. So when he gets that wrong, that's his fault. Oh, uh, so, but can we still blame Chop? Is that is it acceptable that we still blame Chop? Chop always gets the blame for all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you excellent. Know. Just, just, just for so, clarify. <laughs> um, all right. So, top five albums that I would take um, to a desert island. Right. So, the first one I would take um, is by a band called Broken Social Scene. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I Canadian band um, called You Forgot It in People, and that's just for me one of the best albums I think that has ever been ever been written. I'm going um, to steal a few of these albums. Uh, it's I've... like a, they're like a Canadian kind of indie band. There's like maybe like eight or nine of them in the band, and they've had kind of rotating members for a while. And um, they've kind of a few of them have gone off to do other stuff. So it's like it was like a one man project with about eight or nine people from a different 
from different parts of their city. Is it Toronto? Yeah. I think it's Toronto they're from. Um, so they're, that's amazing. Like, literally, that was, that, I think that was released in, like, 2002 or three or something like that. And I remember hearing that, and it just, one of those albums that completely blows your mind, your goddamn mind. Um, I'm trying to think of albums that would be, like, completely, like... Um, so you've got, it's you've your, got, it's you've your got, desert island. You've got to compliment them as well, haven't you? Mm. I know you've got to, you've, you've got to have a, you've got to have a good mix. And I think I would probably stick, um, I would probably stick, uh, White Pony by Deftones, um, on there as well. Um, and again, another album that completely blew my mind when I heard it. I'd heard like their earlier stuff, like Be Quiet and Drive and things like that. That was always on MTV Two. MTV Two was like my, like. I absolutely fucking love that. Channel, channel, um, Sky, Sky Channel three, four, five. I spent um, my teenage years watching my, it. My God, there was a they had a show on that was on really late at night, one hundred and twenty minutes, which was like all of like the even weirder electronic stuff. So you'd find mm. like Fortet and things like that on there. Um, that was oh man, and like Bjork, like weird Bjork songs and things like. That. Actually, that rolls nicely at my next one because White White Pony, I absolutely love. Like I absolutely love that. Like there's a song on there called Elite, which I remember just thinking fucking hell this is like the heaviest song i'd ever heard at that point in my life um next one uh, 120 minutes another band that i heard on there was um nine inch nails um I mentioned them just before and i like, absolutely adore that band i don't know what album i would take with them probably something like uh uh downward spiral or maybe the fragile because there was a the fragile, I think it's got the one that's got La Mer on it. I think that's right. And La Mer, I used for friggin' Erin uh, Jacobs um, for his first um, promo, and I, yeah, that didn't really work out as well as I'd hoped. But um, <laughs> that is one of my favorite pieces of music, and it's like completely juxtaposed against everything else in in the album. It's this lovely, like, kind of like melancholic, brooding uh, orchestral thing. Um, have I got have I got two more? You've got two more. You've got two more. I, I would definitely change all of these on any given day as well. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm trying oh In Rainbows by Radiohead, hundred percent. I think that's the, one of the best albums that's ever been written. Uh, I can listen to that every day. I can listen to that every day. Um and then uh you could t- choose one of like of any of these ones. So you could have Blink 182, Blink 182's Blink 182, Blink 182, or, or yeah. Yeah, that one. I fucking I, that or um, Enema of the State. Just Enema, Enema of the State is an absolute classic. I got it for me. I got it for my fourteenth <clears> and it was just like it was the funniest album I ever heard. Oh man, I remember getting them and I got that, um, and then Pump Up the Valum by No FX as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is what the fuck is this? <laughs> no effects are great. Man. Oh man. Um, is that if you have the driving relationship with Command, I really fucking love that. I could listen to that album over and over and over. Uh, or like mm, Food by MF Doom, uh, um, or 36 Chambers by Wu Tang. So, one of them, <laughs> any, other good, like, any yes. of them, yeah, or, right, or, so you've, you... or uh, Significant Other by Limbiscuit. <laughs> right, so you took 10, you took yep. 10 off. <laughs> I wouldn't you've completely changed the format of the show, yeah. It's a never. It's a never before seen format, Carl. We don't know how it's going to work. Absolutely, it's brand new. It's brand new to the industry. Choose five. Couldn't choose. If I'd been prepped before, I would have genuinely spent about four days working. That out. <laughs> yeah, you would have prepped nothing else, but you would have nailed busy, down your busiest five months. 
Busiest man in the North East. We didn't want to add to that workload. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can believe that. Like, yeah. that's what I just tell everyone. <laughs> well, there were oh. some good and eclectic choices. So we've got yeah, thank you. Deftones, Radiohead, Blink-182. And what was that third, the fifth band? Sorry, the first one you mentioned? Uh, um, uh, I'll give you about 12 albums to pick from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wu-Tang, <but>, MF Doom. <laughs> yeah, just go with MF Doom. <laughs> that, that'll work for today. Even though the Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. I'm reliably informed. There's so many there's so many other albums I would choose as well. It is it is I I think them questions are very much on any given day you could fancy. They've mm. always got great albums that you love and you could listen to, but like on any given day, it could be anything. I totally agree. I'm very much somebody who like doesn't have favorites. I know that sounds a bit yeah. shitty, but I like I don't have a favorite anything. I like all of it. Like uh, and then it depends what mood I'm in. Yeah. Um like I don't have favorite wrestlers, I don't have favorite matches, I don't have favorite uh, uh, scrabble, uh, Craig, scrabble yeah, them questions. Scrabble them I, questions. I can talk about them. Everyone, about is, everyone knows I can fucking talk about it. I just don't have a favorite one. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, favorites, yeah. Are, favorites are hard. Yeah, that's true. I, I try to put myself on the spot, and it is a lot harder. Um, I went mm. with Strength in Numbers by FIFA 333, Holy Hell by Architects, Run the Jewels 4, Outside oh, of Destruction, and Purple Rain Jules. by Prince. God, yes. <laughs> what was your fourth one? What was your fourth one? Uh, Purple Rain. Um, or oh, Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Uh, I've never been a massive Guns N' Roses fan. Um, but uh, Run the Jewels, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I only oh, really, I yeah, I only really recently discovered them. Maybe like, I actually in first lockdown, I knew, obviously knew them. Yeah. I knew them. They did the Zach Della Rocha um, single. Uh, that was their first one, wasn't it? Close your eyes and count the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I fucking like loved all that, but like I never really got it in them. I know it was in lockdown, and I think it was um, uh, I can't remember what I was listening to. I was I'll be on like a Spotify playlist where I was like list. I, it was like because I'd listened to the uh, Trent Reznor Watchmen soundtrack way too much during lockdown as well. Because nice. that's completely apocalyptic, and obviously it was feeling very apocalyptic. I was around very feeling great for mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was walking around walking my dog at, like late at night because it was like she needed two walks, so it was like. There was nothing else to do, so you, I'd walk for like an hour, and I'd just put my headphones in and listen to that, and I was like, "This is probably not like the best thing to listen to." But then, <laughs> Run the Jewels came from there, and that that, that is quite also quite um, uh, has a few themes of of, of desperation and and, and oh. the world's completely shit, yeah. but in like Especially a really vitriolic way. That so yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and it really calls it really is, and it really calls out like it calls out a lot of like. Um, I mean, they are, they can sometimes be a bit misogynistic in some of their lyrics and stuff yeah. like that. But like, they do call out a lot of that stuff, and they call out a lot of like toxic men, uh, masculinity, and uh, and obviously the police. <laughs> just <laughs> just a couple one or two shout-outs. Just yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So once, once or twice. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. great. Um, it was it was much needed in lockdown. I felt it literally came out during the George Floyd stuff, and just yeah, yeah. like especially like walking in the snow. It's just like ah, oh. uh, yep. Yeah. They've recorded that album yeah. about a year before it all kicked off, and then yeah. just it was depressingly perfectly released. Mm. I mean, LP is like an incredible fucking producer as well. Though. I think that's the thing about it. It's like you go through his back catalogue as well, which I had the yeah. joy of doing all of that, and he's just like fuck me. He's one of those people who's like, it's just simple as fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, it seems simple as fuck, but it's just like. I can't believe that Run of the Jewels hasn't been done in a different guys before. Like, it's yeah. like. Eh how did they nail this like why didn't anyone do this before this is this seems 
but you know what I mean? It just crosses over so many. Yeah, it's great. Many, yeah, but also he's got a great sense of humor about himself as well. And he, yeah, he re released that album for Cat Sounds. Um, yeah, was it RTJ three. Was uh, it right. RTJ two? He did a two. he did a Kickstarter, and he was like, "If I raise X amount, um, I'll re I'll re-record RTJ two with nothing but cat samples." Oh man, so, uh, I bet he smashed that. that <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Meow, it's called Meow the Jewels. Um, some, <laughs> some of the songs are, um, I think, this opening song is called Jeopardy, and it's Jeopardy instead. <laughs> it's like, He's got, so always got to appreciate, appreciate what he would play. Even with Killer Mike, is he even? He's it's, still, the, it's the same rapping over, but uh, like the samples and the backgrounds are. I are, don't know how you can offset his, like, the hubris of Killer Mike with, with some kids. <laughs> right, okay, I'll go and listen to that. Yeah. Oh, it's, if weird, I, it's so weird. If, if I can just quickly touch on uh, RTJ, just to drop Carl in it. Um, at the uni show oh. before lockdown, yeah. Um, one, of, one of our friends was in charge of the, uh, the speaker. Um, mm. And like, those kids at the show, <laughs> he managed to convince um, the person in charge of the speaker. Hello, Cara. Sorry, my cat's trying to join. Um, <laughs> uh, managed to convince the person in charge of the music to play uh, Close Your Eyes and Count the Fuck. <laughs> Listen, like everybody else was getting their shout outs, and I wasn't really in the mood for some RTG. You know, I was just like, put some RTG on. Like, kids should be educated. You know what I mean? Like, they should listen to this music. It's good for them. If Wu Tang's for the children, RTG should be. Yeah, Wu Tang is for the kids. RTG is for kids. Yeah, it was absolutely. actually I was on I was on holiday in Greece before like uh, 2019 with the family and we were sitting they do like they do like karaoke and stuff like that at night in this hotel, and then um, these two German kids walk up. And there's like this, like you can see them standing there, and I'm like, oh god, what are they gonna say? And it's like, yeah, so like we'll have a drink or whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, you'd think mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And this German rap song came on, right? And it was on the big, it was on this big screen, so you could see the words that were coming up. And it was just a couple of words where I was like, hmm, that's a bit <laughs> funny. How oh, right? Okay. Yeah. And then there's this like, um, you know, like I mean, I don't know what the term is, but you know, like a, I guess like a build-up where it's like it was like one of these kind of like rap dubstepy type things where it's like built up, and just before it drops, you see what the next words are, and in brackets it says "fuck" times thirty-four, <laughs> and these German kids just go "fuck, fuck, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> so there's only like there's only like two English families there. One they, they were like not finding it funny at all. <laughs> me and my kids are all white. Like, ah! So yeah, that reminded me of that. That's some sort of <laughs> that is some lyrical genius right there. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a little win levels of air creativity. That absolutely great. Yeah. Love it. I, I recorded it as well, but you can just hear me laughing over the top. So really <laughs> excellent. What we'll do now is uh, we'll go into our first of uh, the D20 of Destiny and ask you, Andrew Bowers. Oh, oh so this is a question who's been uh, submitted by Landed Gentry News. Oh, um, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> why has there been so much Southern talent from places like Leeds and Manchester showcased when real Northern wrestlers deserve a shot? Why encourage Southern wrestlers to come to our region and ruin it with their Southern ways? I mean... Um... <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I would say on the main, all of the good northeastern wrestlers are currently on the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shit! Uh, move on quickly. <laughs> uh, I 
trying to answer that in like in character. Um, nice. <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm going to just try and sidestep who it's come from and just answer it answer it properly as if it was it was a proper properly posed question. Uh, I think I think when we let's let's be uh, positive spin on this. You look at Leeds and Manchester and the northeast. I think the northeast talent is really really great. But as I do I do think there's um, um, there's great talent across the whole of the north. Again, yeah. we're called North, we're not called Northeast Wrestling. And I think you look at like Leeds, and I think if you look at like, I mean, you've got two good schools up here with Rampage Brown School and with Howard School, HT uh, Drake School, Northern Grafter. You've got some really good talent in there as well. But I think if you look at like, honestly, if you look at Liam Slater, he's, he's somebody that I've worked with for like, well, since show one. Um, what he's doing down at PPW um, in in Leeds and I think Sheffield, they've got some really good young talent coming through, which, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to, to show. Um, but we're absolutely, I honestly think in the North, I think we've got the best wrestlers pound for pound. Um, there's some brilliant wrestlers down South. The reason we don't use as many further down South is because of costs and changing the policies and, uh, not wanting wrestlers to drive five hours here and five hours back on the same night, um, which has been done in the past, which I'll put my hands up and in hindsight, it's probably not the best thing to do. But also, I think this time around, I very much wanted to concentrate on the North and have a core of Northern-based wrestlers um, who will appear on the show more regularly, I think. But I guess that's my convoluted way of saying, I don't want to answer your question, Benji, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, no, that's, I think that's very, well. I think there's a great yeah. Northern it's also, it's talent. Also very true. Like, yeah. Um, obviously coming out of lockdown, like a lot of me, me knowledge on wrestling had kind of like weaned mm. a little bit because there was no wrestling. So yeah, when, when, when Crash Boat were announced, I was, Obviously thinking, well, I've, I've never seen these, I've not heard of these. And all Carl was talking about after the show was, yeah, these are fucking great. These are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you heard because Craig missed the first show. But... <laughs> um, mentioned yeah, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Crash Boat, I think, are a really, really good example of um, a tag team that I think should just be celebrated up here just as much as it would be in Leeds. And I very much like want to rid us of feeling like we're just northeastern. Um, I don't feel like we should all, I mean, yeah, of course, I'm proud of being from the northeast and I'm very proud of being from Newcastle as well. Um, but I also think from a wrestling point of view, we've got to reach further than that. So I think you look at, say, someone like a, a team like Crash Boat, they've worked around here quite a bit as well. They were booked for the ill-fated tag team tournament. I say ill-fated. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, well, other things got in the way, mate. Didn't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the tag team tournament's fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't blame the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so they were definitely like a team that I really wanted to uh, book. So that match against Lycos Gym, like on show day, I've said this before in interviews and stuff, I don't get to see a lot of the show. Like I get to see bits and pieces of them kind of milling about. When I sat down and watched that Crash Boat match, I was like, fuck me. Like I didn't realise how good they were. Yeah, they were um, I, knew, I knew they were good. Obviously, that's why I booked them. I didn't realise how good they could be. Um, and I think there's that one, there's a one move on the first show where it was like he jumped on his back and then did a DDT or some mad shit. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck it was. I think I remember what he said. He, he, he popped off him on uh, one of the Lycos guys in the 
sort of hung and then yeah. powered the DDT down. It was, yeah, they're ridiculous. Jack, Jack's unbelievable, like, at what he can do as well. Like, he's like he's built like a brick shit house. He's only, only a small lad as well, but, like, the stuff he can do is, like, brilliant. And I think, uh, and Jake as well, like, I just think Jake's energy is, like, incredible. And they work yeah. so fucking well together. And also, they're such fucking nice lads. Like, Jake is genuinely one of the nicest lads I think I've ever met. He's such a lovely lad. But yeah, yeah. so I think they're a really good example of, like, bringing in uh, talent from the North and going, like, well, actually, like, especially after the pandemic, let's yeah. fucking bring the whole whole of the North together, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. No, absolutely. Great stuff. Now, uh, time for the next segment on today's show. We, uh, oh, no. The first question. The first question. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm actually looking forward to this one. Um, Andrew, Andrew Bowers. <laughs> Chop or not? Mm-hmm. Let's make this clear before I get shafted by every Northeast wrestler. I got fucked over. That's chop or not? That's a hundred percent chop. It absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> was was chop. Do you know what he was referencing? Um, oh man, no, I don't. That could be anything. That that was the he's referencing the Sky documentary, I believe, at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> How was he shafted? It feels like he was poorly edited. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Come on, he's really edited by his own mouth. Like his own brain didn't edit him very well. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the first segment of Chop and Off has went down a treat, I feel. Uh, that can only work with certain, right. certain amount of people, though, I suppose. But uh, oh, yeah. Dear. Yes, yeah. you got that one point to you. Hey, you congratulations. Got that one congratulations. Um, There's no prize, by the way. No. Well, he was right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I will lift the curse curtain on this one because obviously Tom's leaving. Um, and we're trying to find someone to to replace him, which is like uh, is almost like an impossible job to replace Tom. So, Chop was mentioned as a possibility. Now, right. this segment is my proof, <laughs> uh, my evidence to say I'm right in saying that's a bad idea. <laughs> like, but if I you like did, Mike. if you did, we'd have so many more quotes for Chop and not in the future. All I'm saying is just think yeah, of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we'd have hours of fun. We'd have a much smaller crowd, and we'd, uh, <laughs> we may be cancelled, but you know, like, <laughs> oh, on we'd have a good segment. <laughs> I love that when you did your chop on our quote as well, Craig. You did a, a, a semi facsimile of a chop voice as well, which was great. <laughs> I, I thought I th- I'm, I'm really glad you noticed that little touch. That just that. It was just a, just a gruff kind of Geordie voice. <laughs> proud of you for getting into character. <laughs> um. Um, well, about the about Tom leaving, uh, mm. me, me and Carl discussed it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's like Fergie leaving Man U. Like it's oh, very man, big yeah. shoes to fill. Really big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we've had a lot of applicants, like a lot of applicants. Um, and I think the problem is, is it's me more me getting into the frame of mind that Tom's not going to be there because Tom brings more than just being an MC, as I think everyone knows. Yeah. Um, like his energy is like completely unparalleled. Um. And I think he adds like a gravitas to the important matches as well. So that's really, you know, yeah. but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that from an announcer's point of view, you can learn that. Like you can, if you've got the, if you've got, um, if you can put the right tone of voice on, you you know, you can lend gravitas to some, to, to, a, to like a main event or like a really important match. Um, but what you can't learn is that connection with the crowd. And I think that's the thing that we're really going to miss. Um from, from from in front of the curtain, the biggest thing for me is going to be behind the curtain. 
um, and just you know you've seen probably that little clip that goes around of like us kind of preparing to pop pop out the curtain and it's really Tom who's like I've not been really good at talking in front of a crowd in the past I'm just not really like I can talk to people and I just lose my train of thought and ramble on too much so kind of like being genuine and getting my point across is always really difficult so that's something I've learned from Tom and Tom's incredibly good at making you feel really really confident and um, uh, like really up for it and feel like you know a lot of the time well like <clears throat> plainly put I can just let the run show uh, the show run from that point um, without thinking oh god right I'm going to have to make sure they say this or they say that or make sure that you know we've got those plugs in or got the sponsorship stuff in or the crowd are up or yeah. yeah like so that confidence and like I mean he was MC at my wedding as well you've got to bear in mind like Tom Tom's a really good friend um, so losing any part of the team is always going to be really difficult and like we've lost members of the team they've either moved away or you know stopped doing certain things and like it's really, it is really difficult for what we do um, <clears throat> a lot of trust goes into into people so so it's 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 sad. I do think, though, however, like, you know, the show goes on, and I know Tom thinks that, and Tom will be helping whoever comes in uh, take on that role. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to be that first person. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. It's been That's been the biggest kind of logistical thing to to, to get my head head around, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, the crowd will be warming to whoever the new person is, obviously. Yeah, 100%. But it's It's a big old pair of shoes to fill. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a big mic to pick up. He does manage mm. to blend like <clears throat> the mix of professionalism, passion, and like, mm. like you said, connection with the audience. Yeah. Well, he's he's just a just a like a well-rounded, yeah, like co- yeah. A component north. Yeah. And, and I think I think <coughs> sorry, sorry, no, sorry, go on, sorry. I don't I don't think we're going to replace that. Like I, yeah. I just think it's a thing that you know maybe I have to come to terms with that it's just. I'm not going to, well, I knew we're not going to get a like-for-like replacement straight off the bat, but the likelihood of... Alan Robson's looking for work. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, the silver, was it the silver blade? Was that the silver Flashing blade? blade, I think. Is it the <laughs> um, I think I had to just, I have to just get my head around the fact that that's not going to, you know, it will, we will find someone who's able to do that again, of course we will, but it's just not going to happen next show. It's not going to yeah, happen yeah. in February. Like, it's not going to happen... Yeah, any of the shows in 2022 it's just going to take time it took time for tom you know so um uh, yeah i think and i think the crowd are so forgiving anyway and like encouraging i think that's gonna be fine yeah. to do that um it's just yeah just a big old a big old uh, task ahead it is it is indeed good luck with that um, <laughs> i'm sure i'll go swimmingly uh, yeah. we call dibs on the first interview for the new announcement yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep trying to get Tom, but he just doesn't reply. He's just so damn busy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think you've got. I think I think he's offended by your lack of professional audio equipment, like microphones and things like that. That's what it'll be. I bet you. And we have microphones uh... and stuff. We just <laughs> don't use them. <laughs> well, you know, we're a bit too punk rock to be professional. I think that's he's too busy. Should. He's too busy for North Man. So you know, he's yeah, too busy true. interviewing Big E and. <laughs> Be a best mates with Keith Lee and that. Like, I mean, I do think that was the what like we had a chat about that, and I was like, um, we had a chat about to do the show and oh, commentary, doing commentary. I was like, could you do this? I need to put it out. We're gonna sort out, which I'll talk about. We're gonna have a patron soon, a patron soon. Um, so talking about a couple of things with that, and he's like, I've got got to meet and I've got to go. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. 
that's fine. Next thing I know, he's popping out a little picture of him interviewing Biggie. And I was like, well, you know, that's probably a good excuse. I, I love that he just showed this. I've got a meeting I've got to go to. And he's just there <laughs> interviewing in the world yeah, champ. Like, yeah. yeah. Excellent. That's great, crap. That's good. Like, good on him. Good. good for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He deserves all the success Absolutely. in the world. Tom, Thomas Campbell. He really does. We are big fans and we'll continue to mm. put him over. Um, yeah. Right. So, Never mind any of that. Let's get back to some uh, some wrestling stuff. <laughs> um, so let's start with the basics, Bowers. What mm-hmm. what got a young Andrew Bowers into wrestling? Or were you a young Andrew Bowers when you got into wrestling? Was it later in life? Was it were you were just in shorts watching Saturday morning yeah. cartoons and wrestling came on? Um, so I got into wrestling. I had a, like a, a friend who was into wrestling. I think did I, maybe it was just me, but. Um, my like we didn't have a we didn't have loads of like stuff like that growing up so like i wouldn't have loads of like videos and like games and stuff like that like um but i had a friend who did so like i had a friend who had like i think he had like an amiga and then he had a mega drive and then he had like 30 odd wrestling videos and i go around his house and he had all the figures he had the ring and everything like that so i'd go around his house and i didn't really know what what wrestling was really and I still remember sitting in this front room this is how, like my memory is terrible but I still remember me and him like wrestling whilst watching I think SummerSlam 88 um, it was the one where Brutus the Barber Beefcake might not even be in SummerSlam it might have been like one of those like mad silver, uh, silver, silver vision videos. they were the best by the way. Oh, yeah. they were so good yeah. um, where Brutus got his head shaved or like his head shaved off. Like, yeah, I remember seeing that, I know. and I, I, I thinking, what the fuck is this? And being <laughs> a bit, a bit scared about it, and then wrestling, um, and I think it just kind of went from there. Really, I think it was one of those things where it was like, uh, I didn't really get to watch it. So a lot like The Simpsons when I was younger, it was like we didn't have Sky, so it's like go out of friends' house and be like, what is this? It's The Simpsons. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, so I got obsessed with that. I think, you know, my grandma would buy is like the Hulk Hogan snapping figure thing. Yeah. Um, and then slowly but surely just get a few Silver Vision videos, like the best of Hulkamania, fucking classic matches, like oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I do I remember the Blue Steel Cage match he had with um, Big Boss Man. Boss Man. I remember. Yeah. I remember. I think I had that Silver Vision. Um, yeah, definitely. But- there was something special about them Silver Vision VHSs. Oh, yeah. Like, because you'd have all the intros and you had that, like, now new from Silver Vision. And, like, it was just, yeah. it's what the network's missing now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. They were still I think, on that. Like, It'd be great. I think that was it as well. But, like, back then, like, you couldn't just watch everything. Like, I think yeah. maybe my age shows was like, I always struggle to find something to watch, like, because there's too much. Because, like, you get that, like, blindness to everything. Mm. Uh, so you end up not watching anything. Um, like you watch I'll watch something that you've watched like 20 times before yeah yeah or you'll watch like five minutes of a new thing like so I've tried to watch like MLW and it's like you watch five minutes and go, oh, yeah. like or you try and watch um, I do want to watch MLW or you watch like some of the GCW stuff and I'm like oh, no. <laughs> like I really want to but like you just you just you're not going to invest your time in it because you, uh, you've got to, like did you see the death match that Charlie Evans had in GCW GCW. No, I've, I've seen this. I've seen the videos of that. Like, I've seen little snippets of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but like, yeah, fucking hell. She's a, she's a mad one, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's doing really well over in America. Like, but I think, yeah, so earliest earliest memories, but I've said this before. I think I've said it on my own podcast as well. The earliest memories was the wrestling was at the ice rink. And my mate who liked wrestling 
So we had a ticket for like 25 quid. Do I want to come? Uh, my mum said, no, it was too expensive. Um, I didn't go. And I could have seen like Rick Flair versus Yokozuna or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Bret Hart yeah. there. Yeah. So Sad that's times. probably why I'm running my own wrestling promotion now. Thanks, that... mom. <laughs> you never really got over it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we all wanted to go to the ice rink and get Bret Hart's glasses. That was that was the aim yeah. of every wrestling fan in the Northeast. But then um, I think I think with Carl, with Carl Smith, I was talking about before, we started um we would go around when we were like 15. To uh, my mate Gil's house, and we, he would video. I mean, I'd, again, I don't think I had Sky Sports, so he would uh, video Raw, and we would watch Raw on like whatever the night after, whenever it was supposed to be on. I think it was on at like one o'clock in the morning. One o'clock in the morning, yeah. On, 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 on nights, or you had to wait uh, till Friday night for it. Yeah, or we might have just gone around and watched it on a Friday night. I yeah. think that might have been what we would uh, go and do and play like No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000, that type of thing. Yeah probably smoke weed and do all of that and it was that was like halcyon days and i would also uh i was was an e-fedder as well so were you um playing some ewr ewr um i absolutely loved ewr i mean i played that for i probably played that longer when i was a bit of a lapse fan like kind of um mid like 2000 mid 2010 when i wasn't really into it um i was probably still playing that um, but yeah, I used to e-fed as well. So me and my mate Gil used to run an e-fed on Yahoo groups. Nice. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was called the OSF. I think we had another one called The Games. And uh, we used to run that. That was good. Nice. Uh, so yeah, was, yeah, I've was, done all of that like bullshit. Was that, the, um, was that where you got the book and bug on a bit of uh, e-fedding mm-hmm. and a bit of EWR? And, uh, oh, definitely. I, I redownloaded I found a patch for EWR in, uh, in lockdown. I re- redownloaded it just to have a play. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a stupid Mac and I don't want to like I don't have enough like oh. wherewithal to put like windows on it or anything like that so I haven't played it in years I feel like it's a good thing yeah. that I don't play it because I'd probably just quit North and go this is easier and gives me the same <laughs> this, is, this is much easier and the, and the money's fake it's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. there's no PayPal errors on this one yeah. <laughs> there's no PayPal errors from me <laughs> yeah um Okay, that's good. Cool. Because like, so I mean, your peak attitude era as well, really, aren't you? Like, so that late eighties, yeah. and then like your peak wrestling fandom was attitude era, like the rest of it. So like, yeah, yeah. So I had the glory days of oh man, glory days of wrestling and glory days of Newcastle United. So no wonder oh. I'm like I have suffered from mental health issues in my <laughs> same. <laughs> same. I got Kevin Keegan, Bobby Robson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Fucking The Rock. Hell. Like, and since then, it's been out. My dad, my dad regularly apologises for the teams he's made me support. Yeah, as well he should. Well, yeah. well, you know, then we were stuck with Steve Bruce, Graham Sunez, and what's the WWE equivalent of them? Friggin' R-Truth. Greg Carly. R-Truth in a minute. I know. Put some respect yeah. on R-Truth. No, come on. I like come R-Truth. On. I like him, but it's, a, it's an indictment of the, uh, the state of the main event when R-Truth yeah. and the Miz were Yeah, was just, just yeah. to build the rock scene up in yeah. Well, I was a I was a TNA fan of, in like 2006, 2007 uh, for a couple of years. <clears throat> Actually, that's what kind of got me back into wrestling was uh, Christian and Kurt Angle in TNA, that, and probably before that was like what Joe said as well. well yeah, I, uh, yeah, that year yeah, of yeah. TNA got him. Back I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's ironic that a lot of WWE like hardened WWE fans made that switch to TNA. Yeah, because the wrestling was better, and Kurt Angle was there. Like, and he's yeah. 
he was the man. Like I was just watching Samoa Jovis as Kurt Angle from yeah. uh, 2006 Genesis, which I still Excellent. think is like one of the best matches and one of my favorite matches. Yeah. He had like Samoa Joe's like a year and a half unbeaten or something like that. Like peak Joe, wasn't it? He was unreal yeah. at that point. And yeah. it was just the one. It was one of those like one of those matches where they built it so well to that final angle lock, and they built that for like an like eighteen months or whatever yeah. it was. They had him like locked in, and it's just that moment you're like, "Fucking come on!" <laughs> yeah, and, it's yeah. Brilliant. and then he doesn't shake his hand at the end as well for a rematch. I, it's just like, yeah, yeah that I, was a wonderful match. I like, I think because um, because it, because it's TNA, hmm. Kurt Angle's matches in TNA don't get the credit they deserve 100%. because he he was in TNA longer than he was in the WWE like yeah, the Dudleys yeah. he, was, he was there longer in the matches he had with like Joe and, and AJ and Daniels and but even like the other guys like the matches he had with Sting and Jarrett and stuff oh yeah they're yeah. Un- unbelievable man he just because yeah. it's TNA they don't get looked at well it was in front of like 200 people that's why yeah, <laughs> it was exactly like, but it was in that like Orlando it, studio or whatever it was and there yeah. was in a six-sided ring and TNA I think I do think I mean, TNA was shat all over by Bischoff and Hogan at yeah. the end. Yeah. And I think before that, like, yeah, it was like, not without its faults, but like before that, even when Nash was in there and Nash was in there as like a, like an authority figure type yeah. thing. And he was doing productions. With, yeah, man, I like Shadow Great Man. Stuff. Fucking yeah. hell, Motor City Machine Guns. I yeah, absolutely. Love them. I like, you, but they were the, they brought in the smaller wrestlers. So you would have, you know, the X Division was great. Like, yeah. so like putting... I mean, you had Samoa Joe, obviously, Ring of Honor were doing all that beforehand, but, like, they were the first ones to put that onto, like, a, a wider scale. So I, I kind of, like, posthumously had seen Ring of Honor, early Ring of Honor, with, like, Danielson and, I mean, we don't say his name, but Austin Aries and, yeah. like, you know, like, and even Loki and um, those types of, you know, and then, but then, like, Homicide um, and, and wrestlers like that. And it's, like, and AJ as well. Like, it was the when you started to see it in TNA, it was, like, a more... Um, palatable as well. Like, yeah, just, I think, yeah. like less, less for less for wrestling fans. That was the idea, and I think I just think I, that era was great. I mean, Abyss was fucking brilliant. Yeah, like, Abyss was. You, yeah. you believed he was going to be the next mankind slash Undertaker. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, th- I think I do think I, I think Christian gets shit on a little bit because yeah. um, I think even now I was talking to Alex um, Air, who does our um, video editing, actually helps with a bit of, like producing the show and helps with a bit of writing of the show now and things like that. Um, and we were talking about the last AEW pay-per-view and he's like, he was like, well, I'm just not really excited by Christian, which I understand. I was like, but I was like, nah. Like, yeah, he's f- he's fucking one of the greats. Like, yeah, he, he is. really is. Like, completely you let underappreciated. The man, you let the man work. Like, yeah. I think yeah. now as well, if you just looked at him without knowing his past body of work, you would be like, oh, there's an old fella from Las Vegas in a cut-off t-shirt and some jeans, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? But yeah. if you know who Christian is and how underappreciated it was, and especially Edge and Christian, like, um, and even, you know, even like the brood stuff, he was like, yeah, he was the he was the character in that tag team. That's a mad thing about it, is if you watch those promos back with Edge and Christian, Edge and Christian really well known as like promo guys and character guys. It was Christian carrying that. Edge obviously was brilliant in the ring and I think that kind of showed and he had that kind of superstar look yeah he had that look and stature about him but yeah. you need you need that like I'm not going to say Christian's like an Owen Hart because I love Owen Hart like and he was genuinely could have been one of the best but he was that type of thing where it was like maybe had a bit of a glass scene into him because he's quite like a normal-ish looking guy I guess like he didn't mm. have the like uh, the physique or the kind of superstar kind of thing but he didn't jump yeah. off the page type of 
Yeah, Vince legitimately didn't like his face. Yeah, didn't he? Like Vince wanted to put a blue dot on his face at one point. This is a legit like storyline they wanted to do. Um, It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, that that era of TNA with him and stuff just it doesn't get the doesn't get the nod it deserves. I know you listen to podcasts. Have you tried Jeff Jarrett's new one with Conrad Thompson? I haven't. It's great, you know. Like I'm not a huge Jarrett guy. But no, I'm not because he went off with uh, bloody Karen Angle, didn't he? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he did. um, and I was wrapped but, up in all of that. Yeah, but um, he's he's really honest in it. He's really like, and he he del- he, he he doesn't mince around the questions like Pritchard does. Um, and like he's very honest about like TNA and how it was running and then like, the, the, the if you get a chance, it's worth a yeah, listen. Yeah, definitely. To. It's really interesting. Is it three hours long, like Bruce Pritchard's ones. They're about an hour and a half too. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Because yeah. I kind of, I kind of be asked with these three-hour-long podcasts. Well, yeah, can be very disappointing for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you're going to be disappointed with me because I'll go on for three hours if I want. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think the problem with Jared is he's like he's really he's really gaudy, isn't he? He's really yeah, like but he doesn't come across like yeah, he doesn't come across too much like that on. on That's the show. okay. Um, but I he, think he's yeah, been on a few dark side of the rings, isn't he? And he's yeah. across quite well on that. Like, I'll give that a listen. Definitely. There's a, there's a really good episode where him and Conrad have a legit argument. Uh, oh, it, and it's it was that awkward. I was on the Metro listener. It like it made a sort of giggle and squirm. You know, and like you you don't know if that they're, they're, they're joking. But I was like, oh, this is weird. I love it when somebody didn't like. There was no producer there, just a good lads. We're arguing about wrestling. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Wind up, your fifty-year-old man arguing about wrestling. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they're, still, they're still listening. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's worth a listen if you like early mm. teenage stuff as well. It deals with a lot of that. It's really good. Yeah, I'll definitely take that out. Then, um, just before I ask you about how North got started, we'll go back mm. into the D twenty of Destiny and a little bit of trot or not. <laughs> yeah, come on. Round two. <laughs> Strap so, <laughs> Carl, I've rolled a 14. A 14? Yeah. Um, All right. Great question. This is a tremendous question. Um, Thoughts <laughs> on, thought on Julia Lewis Dreyfus? Oh, man. Right. Okay. I was just watching a curb with her. In. Have you seen the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where uh, Larry's neighbor, he needs his permission to uh, dig his, uh, to put the cables. And he, the one he wants, he's got some unruly cables in his backyard and he wants to put them under the ground. And he gets his neighbor across, and his neighbor's like, Meh, only if you let me meet Julia Louise Dreyfus. So, yeah, like, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, but she's a complete bitch in that episode. And, uh, yeah, like, I, Seinfeld and Kerber, like, my, like, my comedy grew up on Seinfeld when I was like, again, like a stoner yeah. teenager. Again, that was like, it's, in between no mercy matches and then Kirby enthusiasm like she's been on that I, I've watched a worryingly low amount of Kirby enthusiasm even though I know it's absolutely oh, out of humour yeah yeah my yeah. wife hadn't watched it so we're going back through it and I'm like pigging shit I'm like yeah we watch all this like over and over again Larry David's an absolute fucking genius and saved a man from the death sentence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> randomly <laughs> It's mad, like yeah. Yeah, there's a documentary yeah. on Netflix. Uh, there's a guy get, he, I think he gets arrested for it. And uh, but they were filming Curb at the baseball game. This guy was, it was basically his alibi. Larry David was yeah. like, yeah, there he is, right there. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. So he's like, yeah, we filmed it on this time. The guy's yeah. there. The murder happened this time. It can't be him. And he's okay. like, and he got off. Yeah. yeah, but Curb's just fucking great. I think the great thing about Curb, if you want to make a wrestling uh, uh, link to it, is that Curb's unscripted. 
So you like it's scripted to a point, but it's unscripted and most of it's off the cuff, not an ad lib, which is why it's like you'll see them cracking up at like genuinely funny stuff. Um, and I think that's like similar to wrestling. I still say that yeah. with like friends of mine who come to the show who have never seen wrestling before, never interested in wrestling. They're like, did they rehearse that? I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, I think that's what gives it that like magic. So I think it's quite similar. Perfect. Um, we're moving to round two of Chop or Not. Chop or Not. Andrew Bowers. Chop, chop or Not. <laughs> chop. chop. <clears throat> I'm not scared of Eddie Kingston. It's all a gimmick. <laughs> chop or Not. Uh, did he say all a gimmick or all a gimmick? <laughs> Al. Al. Allegedly, if it was him, it might not be him. Um, I'm going to say not. Uh, sorry, Chop said that. Chop said oh, that. Chop said that. Chop said that. That was Chop. That was Chop. What the hell? I can't oh, right. Jesus Christ. What, did, what was that in? <laughs> we were, um, I think we were just talking about, we were just talking about that match or somehow. Apparently, Rory was uh, chatting to Eddie about Oh, yes, this is it. And invited Chop over. And Chop got really excited. Be like, oh, get to meet Eddie Kingston. And uh, Rory just went, and this is the cunt from the documentary I was telling you about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so good. Rory no, absolutely stitched him off. Rory, well, company man, Rory Coyle, you know. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Chop's still really bitter. Uh, to Eddie Kingston, man. <laughs> trying, to, well, trying to shoot on Eddie. Um, well, you know. Yeah, so you that one. Just deserves. <laughs> well, you uh, you don't get a point for that one, I'm afraid. No, um, you got that one. I wrong. just didn't think he'd have the fucking balls to say something like that. But well, <laughs> we live in, we live. We were as shocked as you were. <laughs> Still am, if we're being honest. I mean, I mean, Eddie Kingston is a genuinely lovely, lovely man. But like, terrifying if you, if you oh, God. that switch. I wouldn't fucking, no. I wouldn't fucking mess with him. He's crazy. <laughs> He's I'm every, from, I'm everybody's favorite wrestler. He's fucking yonkers or something. He's he's got to be everybody's favorite wrestler right now, Eddie Kingston. Oh, like it's mad watching him in AEW and watching him against Punk and that yeah. back fist from oh, like, at the start. I was oh. like, oh, just kidding. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And then, but it, but then I think back to like 2019 and standing in the locker room eating uh, coop chicken wings with Eddie Kingston talking mm. about My Chemical Romance or Fallout Boy with TK Cooper, and it kind of like blows my mind a little bit. Like <laughs> awesome. Wouldn't have thought proper that from any Kingston, but great times. Proper, um, proper lovely guy. And still, man, well, I didn't reply to my messages as much, but he liked my message when I said that was a good, good, good match against CM Punk. He liked it. I was like, hey, <laughs> that'll do. That's, 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 yeah. that's, that's my, yeah. His, uh, um, his article was, uh, was great mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've read all the way through it. Like, um, I've read most of it, but yeah, it's just yeah. like it's a, it's, a, it's a tough reading, like the best way. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was absolutely shattered on my way to work. Decided to read it. I was not mentally fit enough that day to read that nah. article. I was I was in bits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I was gonna say it's pretty heavy one. Like yeah. he's um yeah he's a really really good bloke, and I just like like they've brought in some of the personal aspects in this punk feud. I know they've kind of thrown that one together quite quickly, um, but it was. I mean, obviously, because we've had Eddie on, so I'm obviously like, but genuinely, Eddie Kingston is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Like, mm. was beforehand, and that's 
purely because of like EWR and him being so good on that and then going, oh, I'm going to seek him out and going, yeah. fuck me, this man does some of the best promos you've ever seen. Some of his Chicago, I can't remember which one, there's a Shikara promo where he's in the parking lot and it's raining and it's just like, the guy is like, I was talking to um, Glenn Joseph about it and it's like, the guy could, um, he could be in a fucking Shakespeare play. Like he yeah. genuinely is that good an actor. Like he just, he's one of those people who's able to draw emotion out of anything and just be like, I'm going to make this thing, make you care about this thing. And it's just, yeah, he's, he's, it's really, really lush to see him on the, on the big stage. Like, I don't think anyone's told them that it's a work, to be honest. And, yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest, let's be honest, would you be the one to tell Eddie that? Exactly. No, well, not. Yeah. But I think so that, yeah, exactly, and I think that's it. It's like he is so, and obviously it means so much to him, and that's, yeah. you know, and that's like the best wrestlers are the ones who just absolutely adore it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he was. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's the best. The best in the biz at that that type of like heartfelt, emotional, real shit. It, again, deserves all the success he's getting right now. Yeah, like honestly, oh, without uh, a doubt, he's, he's the man, absolute yeah. man. And I for one. Would not say anything bad about Eddie Kingston. No, unlike <laughs> unlike Chop. <laughs> fucking way. That um, backfist looks real as fuck. Yeah, it sounds real as well. Like he's not well, slapping no thighs. Like he's. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. think it's not real because I yeah. saw Rory Coyle after it, obviously, and fuck me, like that yeah, was like it was sore. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. God. On the, on the subject of obviously Rory and Eddie, um, mm. if you rewind the clocks a little bit further, how how did North get started? Uh, was it mm. was it a, a drunken idea in a pub where you were like, you know what I want to see? I want to see this and I'm going to dig it. Or was it like something that you carefully crafted and thought, you know what, I want to carve out this little bit of my own. How, how um, did North come about and what was your inspiration behind it? I was ill playing uh, Extreme Warfare. Um, nice. I had tonsillitis and I literally went, I'm like 32, 31. I was at a bit of a crossroads anyway. Like I was not really sure what I was doing my career and stuff like that. And I just went, I've got to just do something that I really love doing. And I'd been to, I'd actually been to an absolute wrestling show just down the road from us. Um, and I'd seen that and they were very family friendly oriented. Um, and um, I know I'd known about like ICW. I'd been to the one at the Riverside when they ran. And yeah. I, I couldn't see a fucking thing. So I left in all honesty and went to the pub. Um, I've probably overstated how long I stayed at that show in the past and be like, yeah, I was there. And I'm pretty sure I missed, I think Finn Balor was there. I think I missed that. Um, <laughs> that would have been Finn Balor versus Jester. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think I, I think I walked out. But I don't think I knew, I wasn't like, at that time, I wasn't massively into, certainly not British wrestling. It was just one of those things. But I went to this absolute wrestling show in 2016 and I was like, this is really good. And I wanted to, I was like, I'd saved up a bit of money. Um, like I used to be in bands and things like that. So like I'm quite used to like promoting events and kind of doing stuff in a DIY fashion. And I was like, I kind of want like I'd stop being in the band when my uh, daughter was born, my daughter was born. Um, just it's so time consuming um, and I kind of run its course. I never filled that gap at that point with like a creative endeavor or a project like that. So um, yeah, being at this show, I thought it was fucking brilliant. Like I'd seen how some people had reacted and thought, oh, this would be quite interesting playing a lot of EWR as mid, but I mean, I'm not just somebody, I think this is the problem is like, I think a lot of people just think I just played Extreme Warfare and then I was like, I'm going to run a wrestling show. <laughs> like, 
I run a business. Um, had a, you had a, a variety of skills. To... Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd done, you know, I, I was at that time I was a uh, amateur graphic designer um, or like learning that and I'd gone back to college to do that type of thing. And I'd, and I'd run events before, much smaller scale events, but nonetheless understood the logistics side of stuff. So I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go and give that a try uh, and try and, and it was one of those, you know, you get to the 30s and you're like, I've got to do it now. I can't be a 50-year-old man trying to run a wrestling promotion. I don't think that's going to work. Um, and, yeah, I literally sent, I think it was Liam Slater, an email and just said, how much would it be to book you for a show? Let me know that. And a couple of other wrestlers who had been on, I think Alex Henning as well, they let me know. Started to tot some stuff up. Got in touch with a couple of venues. The Riverside was the first one. Luckily, there was a guy called Tom Wilson who ran that at that point. And he was really open to not making it completely prohibitive financially to do that. Um, and then the ball just started rolling from that, really. And it was like, oh, shit, what the fuck are we going to do here? Um, <laughs> and madly enough, found the Sons Ulaid stuff um, online. Thought I, I knew not a lot about British wrestling at that point. Um, thought they'd been around for a lot longer than they actually were. Uh, from their videos, they had these little teaser videos of them in the woods and all this type of stuff. I was like, fuck me, that's cool. Um, got them involved. Uh, turned out that I pretty much gave them their first match. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> right, it's the first match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously, and then that, that's kind of how it went from went from there, really. And it was all, it's always just been a case of like, um, just kind of building and building and seeing how it goes and chanting my arm a little bit and blagging to a certain extent. And, um, you know, probably making us feel like we're, we're a bigger deal than we, than we, than we were. And, uh, and then becoming a bigger deal, like, I guess, to a certain extent. I remember you talking about this in one of your other, pod- in your other podcast. It's this like ger- mm. it's a German like idea, where if you get in the mindset of that you are a bigger company, mm-hmm. you will become that. So it's kind of like like yeah. a positive reinforcement type of thing where you, you yeah. build to what you want to be and then move from there. Comes from that like uh, dress how you want to be seen, or whatever. Yes, the fuck yeah. it is. You know what I mean, like that yeah. type of thing. And I th- but I, I firmly believe that, like I, my my company that I run, a company called Common Fiction, is like a branding uh, company, and um, we do branding for a lot of a lot of companies, um, and do their social media and things like that. And we do you know do other stuff as well, but that's kind of like the crux of it. And it's so important to brand yourself well. It's so important to uh, I mean not only have that, like you've got to have a good product, and I mean it's taken us time to get to where we are to be quite like procedure-wise, be up-to-date and to be properly professional. I think we were always acting professional and one of the more professional outfits, not the most professional outfit, I'll put my hand up and say that. Um, but now I think we're probably up there as one of the most professional outfits. And I think that comes from making sure that you have a really clear concept, having a really clear idea of who we are and who we're not. Um, and, and and really just stick into that, I think, and, 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 and you know, uh, commit into it and and... I think a lot of, a lot of people don't really do the conceptualization around it. If I want to book a wrestling show, so I book the wrestlers. Yeah. I always had an idea of what I wanted my wrestling show to be like. I didn't want it to be like absolute wrestling. I wanted it to be who were doing a great friendly show in like North Shields, and I think they did one in Walker Gate. I wanted to do a, a adult wrestling show, which was kind of like, I mean, it was all in the in the kind of same vein as Progress and ICW, but again trying to fit in between there somewhere and not so wrestling and more like event 
like uh, night out, like people yeah. enjoy it a little bit more because I find with wrestling, I it's quite boring at times. Um, it's yeah, it's, a, it's like an arena. If you go to see a Fed show at the arena, it's a long show of, you know. Yeah. I even think the AEW pay per view four hours. I'm like, yeah. I love AEW. I think they're doing a lot of really good things. I mean, no promotion gets it right all the time. Um, four five hours. I was like, fucking hell! Like every match was twenty minutes. Like yeah. I was like, come on! Like we don't. Nobody wants to see that. Like so, yeah. That, that's kind of so. Like, we we try and keep our matches short and sweet. We try and keep it entertaining. It's definitely like a variety show. Like you know, you if, if you're not gonna like, you might like hundred percent of it, but most people are probably gonna like about fifty to seventy five percent of the show. Really like that, and if you can hit that, that's like, you know, that's great. Did the, the sort of look and the feel come from your sort of love of like, as you were saying, you like pop punk music and punk music. Is that where that yeah. sort of that I was, came from? I was going to suggest that with the like the grungy atmosphere kind of leads into uh, into like nine inch nails and yeah, like your death tones, like your grungy, your dark, your dreary. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, I think like. I think being in like um, starting off in a nightclub as well, it was kind of like that. Like, like I wanted that nightclub atmosphere of like, um, like I was saying before, I was massively into like DIY hardcore punk type stuff earlier on in my life, and that's what my band was. It was like, I'm not saying it wasn't a punk band by any stretch of the imagination, but it was certainly like very much like back of a transit van, like book our own gigs, um, you know, literally nicking photocopies from work and kind of like spending all my time at work thinking about it and that DIY ethos was something that I really wanted to carry over to to North and I think even if we expand it's still something that I would want to keep keep with it and I think um, there's a lot of promotions that do like the alternative lifestyle wrestling kind of thing and that's um, that's something that like plays on my mind a little bit because it's like you know everyone's everyone's fucking doing it so yeah. I, I, if everyone's doing it i kind of want to try and veer away from it i'm not i don't think i'm that person who will do something completely out of the box like um but I, you know i think you've got to have i'd like to do something that loads of people come to that's like ideally yeah. the, the the thing i don't think we'd do anything in, insanely niche yeah but well on track your third sellout so yeah, well, fourth including that one in February uh, before lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, but yeah. So yeah, I think it's definitely something we want to keep. But it's just something that's really quite intrinsic to how I kind of do stuff anyway. So I don't know whether we'd ever be able to fully polish ourselves up into like five star wrestling or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it fit. I don't know. Quite fits the uh, depends. The, only if you do a contract signing for the for the next show. Oh, fuck me. Like I still I'll never forget that. I think that was also actually I think I saw that show. It was January 2016, maybe. I think we me, me and Carl Smith went to go and see that show. And um I remember going, What the fuck is yeah. that? Like, what You've just told me a show, a match that's better than the main event that I'm not going to see. The next match was going to be in Sheffield, wasn't it, or something? Because I yeah, went to that yeah. show as well. Um, it was it was dead. There was like nobody there uh, drinking two pints. That's pots. my like fucking night. Like my yeah. that's the thing. I'll wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweat and go, oh Jesus Christ! And I'll be dreaming <laughs> of like running the telly west. The telly west. Telly west. Old school. Yeah. running the utility arena and like 10 people sure that's like yeah i don't think yeah. i'd ever want to over push myself that was mental that whole yeah. five star thing the five star was good they they could have had a good show if they ran a smaller house like running the yeah. arena was was ludicrous 
Um, they had like a thousand people there or something like that. It's yeah, like they, they were spread out everywhere. Like, like was... six thousand. I mean, they're counting off half of it. Yeah, <laughs> but and even then, half of it's like four or five thousand, I think. So I got to see AJ Styles' last last independent run. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> met, was, him the, met him at the stand. Yeah. He wow. really didn't want to be there. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> yeah, 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 you could tell. He would have been signed, didn't he? Yeah, he was so doing. Like, yeah, so he yeah. was like yeah, trying not to get hurt, it. essentially. <laughs> basically um but that whole thing was such a fucking shit show like and i think that probably helped me go like oh actually there is like a demand for wrestling in newcastle even though it's newcastle's always a hard draw in any any shape or form but it's been nice to get to that point that we are now because i mean there's some days you've got to compete with you know match days and whatever else and you know like the one thing newcastle is it's a football city um yeah you know yeah we're all we're all sadly fancy off our sins yeah. Um, so it's hard to draw against mm. even even a shit Newcastle team. It's hard yeah. to draw against that. So it really is. It'll be the first yeah. thing that'll be like if we if a, if a game gets moved. Yeah, we've had that a couple of times. It'll be the first thing people message us about. It's like, oh, are you going to start later? And it's like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. I also want to see the results. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay, that's good. So when you walked in, just a, just my morbid curiosity. Because obviously mm. you're a graphic designer and you, you know about brand and stuff. When you first walked in the Riverside, like mm-hmm. the, the previous home in North, did you, could you see it? Could you see stage, entrance, ring? Did like, did you, did you visualize all that before you, like before you, like the first time you stepped in there? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, but I definitely um, very much trusted people like H.T. Drake, who did, who still does the stage um, and all of like the curtains and stuff like that and the ring. I'd never done a show like that before. So it was like a lot of it was like, I was absolutely fucking shiting myself. Like, um, and I even like typed up a speech to do to everybody. I was like, fuck, like, cause I was just like, if I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to just wing it. Um, but it was absolutely terrifying, but not like, I think if you start any project like business or promotion or anything, you've got to have a you've got to have a modicum of like complete naivety and ignorance. Like you've got to have part of that where you think you just don't know what's going to come up, and you just have to kind of accept that, but also be completely naive to it. Because I think if you knew about it, you would talk yourself out of it. And I've done that in the past where I've had a grand ideas for projects and stuff and just taught myself out of it because you think, well, this will happen and that will happen and then this yeah. will happen and then you go, ah, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. So I think, honestly, um, um, I'd love to know what other wrestlers who are on that show thought. I think most of them were fine, but I would, like, when I say other wrestlers, I mean, like, Pete Dunne or, like, um, you know, wrestlers who have been around the block a few times, they were probably thinking, what oh, the fuck is this? Like, I mean, we had Will Osprey booked as well for that show, and then he pulled out the night before, oh, literally six, six, 6 p.m. the night before. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, big Billy well, Flips didn't fancy it. He, he yeah. Did. yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Himself. I don't think I'd book him again. No. Yeah. I mean, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried since. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, no, our, well, our... Not recently. Yeah. Our opinions on uh, on Will Osprey are fairly fairly well known. Yeah, yeah, we agree on them. Yeah, yeah, one. I think we'd probably agree on them. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that I mean, like, someone dropping out at six pm before the show is like, 
I literally just went and got pissed that night because I was like, fucking hell. I was hung over that show. So, um, uh, and we managed to get Liam Thompson to fill in for the Lost Prey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Liam Thompson is great. Like, he's really yeah. dressed. Like, he put on a really good match. Uh, but um, not what a lot of people were expecting. <laughs> yeah. But really. like I said, going with that naivety of mm. something will go wrong, it's how I it's how I change and adapt to it. Yeah. To the situation. Definitely. Speaking of machines. That's definitely it. Let's get, asking some, let's get asking some more questions. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's rule that die of destiny. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? Ten, number 10. We have a number 10, which is... Oh, simply... great question. 10, 10, 10. 10. Is that still this is, this, <laughs> now really think about this before you answer it. Yeah. Right? Okay. This is a big question. Get serious for a second. Andrew Bowers, mm. what's your favourite biscuit? Oh, okay. We've been talking about this. Do you guys watch Sunday Brunch? I yeah, watch a bit of Sunderbrook. I'm still, oh, man, like, I'm still the worst, It's the worst fucking show in the world, and it makes yeah. me. I, it's one. Of, it's one of those shows where like, I watch it and it makes me angry, but I watch it every week. They do <laughs> something like this. They call it the fucking like the biscuit they don't like. They put it in the crumb dungeon. The crumb dungeon. Like, what? <laughs> makes me makes me pull what le- what hair I left I have left on my head out. Uh, anyway, my favorite. Hey, just think there's an R in that word. No. Yeah. So I think uh, favorite biscuit, fucking hell. You put me on the spot here. Uh, as we said, I don't really have favorite. I'd go for um, uh, I'd go for a Jaffa cake. Ooh, technically a cake. Technically a cake. Technically Ten- a cake, but yeah. it's a fucking biscuit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but would you dunk it? No, I wouldn't. So if I was gonna dunk. Yeah. If I was going to dunk one, you, you just go classic. i tell you what I do like. No, here we go. Choco Leibniz. Oh, a man, a man of there you class go. and that's sophistication. My, that's, that's, my, that's my answer. That's my oh, answer. Or oh, Aldi's, so Aldi's own Choco Leibniz. They're also great. Yeah, yeah. Only, bought, only bought from Lidl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're much cheaper. Yeah. 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 Great. yeah, yeah. Or, or Tonic's Caramel Wafer. Oh. That's not really a biscuit, but it's served that's in a great. biscuit aisle. It's, it's, it's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a dunk. It's... You can't tea straw though. Never try and tea straw that. A gold bar. Oof. Absolutely a biscuit. Fantastic. What was your favorite? Yeah. What was your favorite? Um, um, what's your favorite chocolate bar? Oh god. Um, People are always surprised by mine. It's it's weird. Okay. Um, uh, discontinued. Discontinued. Oh, how hipster have you? Uh, I know. It's <laughs> fucking annoying. Um, I'm either a double decker or a toffee crisp. Ooh, I'm not a man. I'm not that guy, pal. That's me, guy. Sorry. Uh, I'm I'm vegan, so oh, God. all of my chocolate bars are shite. Um, chocolate, chocolate cauliflower. <laughs> before um, you before you were vegan, and you had a soul. What did I had, you do? I had a, I've got a soft spot for a boost. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. As like a meal in the bar, it's great. Mm-hmm. Many nights in the library doing all night as it needed, just yeah, all the and boost and Just <laughs> yeah. Just piling glucose. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a really nice bar in Asda. Um, I forget its name, but it's like a proper like caramel. Like it's like a galaxy caramel, but also vegan type. It's it's, it's fantastic. Um, before really that, real. I had really a real. I had a yeah. soft spot for the jelly bean and pop and candy dairy milk as well. Fucking hell! What a pervert, isn't he? You see what I <laughs> you see what I put up with daily? Like <laughs> this monster in my life. I, I honestly. 
My favourite chocolate bar is the jelly bean and pop and candy dairy milk. Who's picking that? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I didn't know he was going to say that. My favourite was a uh, was a drifter. Oh, now that's a chocolate bar, my friend. Thank that's you. a great taste row as well. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, I don't often get that reaction. A lot of people are like, what? Oh, no, they were great. Crunchy, chocolatey, yeah. smooth. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, I'll go fun. now. I'll go now. The closest you get to that, it's not but it's either a Twix. I do like a Twix. Great tea straw. Mm-hmm. Or uh, a Lion Bar. There you go. A Lion Bar. Great show. Great show. Yeah. Well, now that we stopped talking dirty. Top quality <laughs> content. <Yeah. laughs> Round three of Chop or Not. Yeah. Andrew right. Bars. Chop or Not. In my head. There's like millionaire style. Take the lights <laughs> down. The lights have come down. <laughs> <laughs> it's got really tense. <laughs> it definitely has got tense. Yeah. Who knows? So, um, so I was asked how to get young people through the door, and I said I've got an easy answer: charge a quid a drink and play house music. Five six <laughs> weeks later, everyone was doing it, and before you knew it, it had its own name: Chop or Not. That's Chop. If if it's claiming fucking responsibility for something that it was definitely not his responsibility (laughs) or his doing, that's definitely chop. Essentially, he created Thursday. The reference is he he alleges to have uh, started Thursdays. I mean, do you want to do you want to take credit for that? (laughs) He wants to take full responsibility. (laughs) It's like Oppenheimer being like, "Oh, I've 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 met Summit." So (laughs) Uh let's just dissect that. He's taking credit. Or opening a bar, playing some music, and letting young people in, but on a Thursday. Yes. And that's never happened anywhere else before. Never in Whitley Bay, apparently. <laughs> well, that I mean, again, careful what you take credit for. There's a lot of things that haven't happened in Whitley Bay. There's a lot of things that have happened in Whitley Bay. I wouldn't want to take credit for either side of that coin. But, well, oh well, not not great friend of the show, Chop. He's proud of what he did the Thursday. Fucking hell. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a thing. It was a thing. It, I mean, in all fairness, it was huge for a couple of years. Like, it was in terms of kids being out. It was, it was not a, kids, it was, but like it was essentially the reason why a lad from Whitley Bay never wanted to live in Whitley Bay again in his whole entire life. But yes. yeah, well done. Congratulations. Excellent. Well, two two one on the chop not not chop game. You're doing well. You're doing well. Just say chop, really, shouldn't I? I found, <laughs> I found, work this gimmick out. Um, so going back into north, um, mm. you can tell us as much or as little as you are comfortable telling. Um, obviously, you were talking about how you emailed like Liam Slater and a couple of others. What's the the real like process of creating and booking a show? Do you start with a name? Do you mm. like how how do you go about things? So I think we've actually changed it around from the restart because I think the way that I was probably doing it uh, pre-pandemic was maybe a little bit more hand-to-mouth. And I think it was kind of, I mean, the whole scene was completely different back then. So you were like, there was a lot more things going on. Um, So we were really competing for like basically finding draws like and, and, and finding wrestlers who had draws and trying to bring new faces in. And it was like, it really was a bit hand to mouth. So I would probably look back at that and go, well, actually there was no real overarching, not as many storylines, I think, or building of characters that I would like to have really have done. And maybe it was, I mean, it was not for uh, lack of trying, but I think more um, maybe a lack of resource or 
really just understand look you don't have to cook them like if you, if you focus, like i said earlier it's like focus on your concept more than anything else i think we were probably something that had maybe lost its way a little bit so post pandemic the way we try or well, the way i try and put put this together was um i'm not like i'm not someone who like someone we do know wants to take credit for everything like um <laughs> that sounded really harsh actually um i'm very much like someone who will i don't mind making the final decision on stuff so i don't mind being the person who's got his head on the chopping block and go oh it was my fault like the nine man scramble or um other poor booking decisions but what i will tend to do um is um have an idea of who i want to work with first and foremost so i think it's probably when you see the announcements coming through for this show you'll see i think you could probably see from the first two shows there is a core of people that i'm working with rather than having kind of like half and half and having like half of people coming in and half of people um being regulars i think this time there's more of an idea of like these are our core guys from me, from my point of view and from my experience of kind of going actually for where we're positioned i do actually think that's what people want to see more of is actually building of people and probably seeing uh, more of the same people show on show on show so that's probably something that I've kind of like looked at and gone how do we how do we actually build them the, the, part, the hardest part of that of, of building and running the show is that this is all just done part time so uh, and when I say part time it's done three time so um, that's everybody like so there are a couple, I mean rumor to, um, currently the popular rumor the show is not booked by a certain wrestler um, but there are um, there are people. It is me who books it. But there are people who very much sit sit with me, and I'll ask opinions of uh, certainly storylines. I'll ask wrestlers as well. I think I think Visage did a podcast recently, and they were talking about um, how they approach me and kind of. I just I think they had said something along the lines of like. Um, I had kind of given, not carte blanche, but like say, come to me with an idea of what you want to do. And I'm very much like that. Whereas I'll try and funnel it into how I want things to go. And I'll funnel it into like how I think what, maybe where the benchmarks or like milestones are for each show. So if you kind of use every show as a milestone and say like, at this show, this is going to happen because it's going to then move on into this and try and keep it quite simple like that. Um, I'll kind of let the rest of us then color it in. Like, so if I draw, I draw the outline, they'll just color it in because like, it's not my job to tell them how to do certain things. It's also difficult on the independence when, you know, we're only doing six, seven shows a year. It's difficult um, to really ask people to kind of compromise what they see their brand as as well. So if this was done full time and they were like uh, on a contract or, you know, um, and, and, you know, in that agreement, it would very much be like, creative controllers over to me so whilst i you know you can do what you want there'll be certain things that i would expect you to hit i can't really do that nor do i really want to do that um the other thing that always weighs heavily in my mind is logistics especially with covid in place uh, injuries happen um also all manner of things can happen so actually having people booked in for a number of shows is really, really vitally important because we've seen that in the past where I just haven't known what the show dates were um, and missed out on bookings and missed out on having people come back time and time again. So this time around, so a show would probably start, well, a show has started with, or this booking of shows has started with me sitting down. Alex has been quite heavily involved in this as well. Um, and a couple of other people who I talked to about kind of storylines and then and then the individual wrestlers that are involved as well they'll get their opinion on it we've kind of we had six shows in mind 
we use a thing called Notion, which is what I use for work, which is like a basic, like, um, it's like a, a project management type of thing. Um, and and we'll basically, the same. yeah, exactly, exactly like a Kanban board. So exactly like that. And we'll book, we'll basically have all the shows lined up. And then in between the shows, we'll have a post-show, pre-show, kind of like what we're going to try and do and try and accomplish from there. So with that, I've kind of booked, maybe three quarters of the roster and said this these are our dates and i've said that for most people you'll know who they are now by looking at those two shows and we'll we are trying to plot stuff together that makes sense so from show one to show two to show three and hopefully i know this is something i've always wanted to achieve is then have maybe storylines i call back on stuff or um make sense in show one or you know um for me ideally you want to have all of the wrestlers are linked in some way. So when I put a match together, and it might just be a match that, because again, logistics play a part and uh, play a huge part in British wrestling. It's like, you can't, and independent wrestling, it's like, you can't book for, t- we're not booking for TV. We're booking for who can turn up on the night. <laughs> like, so some sh- some matches you just need to make sense of. And if I can make sense of most, if, if most wrestlers are linked in some way, and I can just put a match together, it should have a reason to it. And hopefully what we're now trying to do is like keep those threads going, going through and monitor that a little bit, like uh, a so bit safer. But So it's a lot easier to link up something. Yeah. Even, if, even whether it be unintentional or not, but the fact is the link is still there. Yeah, definitely. And I think for me, it's like, I, you know, I, I, I project manager, run a business. So like that type of thing, I really enjoy doing. Um, but I'm definitely not somebody who is going to say, right, this is what we're going to do. Storyline is going to be this and they're going to do that. And then they're going to look at the camera and they're going to do this, this, and this. I need other people to help me do that. And I very much feel that collaborative um, environment is one that I work best in. And I think most people do. So I think we're now in that position where um, there's a number of people who are kind of responsible for, 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 see, for seeing certain parts of that out and kind of the overview of all of that is, is, is me and, and I'll have the direction and it, it'll change and I might go look I've booked them in for this show because that was a really good opportunity for me to get them booked in I really like them or like I had that person who I'm doing a favour for um, or you know it's the only time we're going to get them this year that's a really good match that we could put on so then you know I think a lot of people who have been brought into that kind of behind the curtain type thing start to see how difficult it can actually be it's not just I mean fantasy booking is fantasy booking that's great if you've got everybody to hand and they're all available, fit and healthy and willing to do stuff, wonderful. That's not the reality of the situation. So I think what we're now seeing is like, it's trying to marry those, I said, I said it before, logistics versus like actually telling a story. That's the challenge that any small independent will have. Um, and and how and I think it's just like, it's almost fucking impossible to, 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 to get to do what you actually want to do, if that makes yeah. sense. But Hopefully this time around we're going to get there. Well, I mean, if if the the, la- the last few shows are you not 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 getting there, it, it's a it's it's a hell it's a hell of a product if it isn't. Like, yeah, and I think, I think the last the last two shows in the restart definitely have been us trying to do more storyline based stuff that like gets you through and trying to write it almost like as a serial. Um, mm. We'd love to do more stuff in between. Again, logistics getting away people got jobs um, families and stuff like that so like we'd love to do more kind of vignettes and videos and interviews and stuff like that but time is just that's something that we're going to just keep working on and hopefully have more more of that first time around um but alex is involved in that at like quite a high level now 
the reason he's doing that is, is rather than what we've done in the past where wrestlers have filmed it or we've filmed it on, you know, got other people to film it and you just get this kind of like really disjointed visual kind of feel to it. Hopefully Alex's videos will just make everything look uh, the same, the same high quality standard that he's, he sits to. Um, and the in-between stuff, I mean, you've got people like Rory Coyle who do their own thing, but he's already at a very high standard. So, um, yeah, so then when you look at the, when you come to the show day and when you've actually got the show, you've got Alex's kind of vignettes and kind of like the, the storylines that we're telling, but then you've got like people like Kirsten Thorpe, um, uh, who who captures the actual show, the storylines that are told within the wrestling ring, and hopefully then we are moving towards having a much better product. I think over overall product, a live show, which is my main concern, but then a visual show as well, which I think kind of makes sense and keeps you keeps you entertained and invested. Awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah a fantastic breakdown. Um, yeah. Like re- rendered me a little bit speechless, which is which <laughs> is no mean feat. Very Carl's difficult to do. I've been trying probably seven years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, it's like it's nice. To like again, you can see where like you see your project manager. You you want to build the brand. You want to mm-hmm. just you know coming back yeah. now. We've got some different challenges, but again, it's being open to them challenges and, and making them work the best you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's like, I think that's the only way you can ever move forward is like, if you see them as challenges that are going to stop you from doing anything, speaking out as being one of them. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, um, if you see that as a challenge and you can't move past that, well, fuck off. Like, I mean, that's the red flag to me immediately. Yeah. If, um, if you don't want to protect your workers. Yeah, that, that one to me is the big one. Look, I'm not going to get everything right. I don't think I've got everything right. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's got an axe to grind. I'm nigh on sure that somebody who thinks what a fucking asshole there'll be some WhatsApp group who's calling me a woke prick or whatever <laughs> like like there'll be some disgruntled work and all that but what I will say is like we do we saw speaking out as an opportunity to actually like as Joe was saying to um, make a fucking difference um, I think if you're not up for it like genuinely on that one only like obviously there's other challenges logistical challenges you know crack on run your promotion however you want to do but if you don't want to work out speaking out you don't want to make it a more professional uh, industry yeah Yeah. just fuck off like i mean but in saying that that that's me that's me saying that as somebody who's put a lot of effort into it and spoke to a lot of people um it's not just me who's done that we're taking a lot of credit for again uh we have done good work but there are people like um bwr and adam at bwr um and who who's done a lot they've done a lot of work as well and they kind of like they started first they started before i did any work on it um uh so we took their lead quite a lot so they have to take a hell of a lot of credit for what they've done i think uh catch wrote some really good policies and 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 uh, for for young promotion they did um a lot on that front progress did help as well i spoke to progress and i know that they kind of get a bit of a bad name but they did help out um like there's uh, James Aminer had a few conversations and I think it's Lucy Cave had a conversation with, with her and, and him and they kind of pushed us in the right direction. But then uh, ultimately it's been the, the, the three things for us that have really um, helped us have been equity of, we've finally signed off on like everything with equity. We've been using all of the standard uh, kind of procedures kind of adapted to how it works best for us. We've taken their lead massively um, and we finally signed off. That's just been fun because we're all part time or whatever. But we've signed that off this week, so that's now we're going to have an equity representative at the next show. That's awesome. Um, 
yeah which is wonderful like i think it's brilliant i think all wrestlers need to really engage with that um but it keeps our standards up the one thing that we were struggling with is they they have like a five standard code of conduct thing and it was like it was just a couple of things now it was like they needed a paramedic and the paramedic costs basically any money that we it would kill our show basically and and many other shows as well so a lot of the discussions we've been we've been having are like you've got to make sure that these procedures and policies are, are, are available and people can actually reach them if you put them too far out of reach people are just going to go back into the shadows so we, so that's why that's taken a little bit longer just to get that last bit signed off but we've been using their contracts and stuff like that. Um, and they've looked at all of the qualifications that Stuart has are um he's like a advanced first aider or um i don't know like i think he's like an ambulance technician mm-hmm. so like he's very well qualified um but he's in our price range basically that's the only the only, the only way of putting it um so they've agreed on that i think uh and craft trust were brilliant as well in terms of just making me aware of what safeguarding is and what's actually our responsibility um and i think joe and then joe Cohen obviously has been the one who's been able to help us make actually make this real um and and support us and there was a girl called jenna kovacs as well who really um she reached out right at the start we're going to try and get her back involved in in um the safeguarding procedures and kind of like our safeguarding team but it was Joe who's the one who's been able to kind of like to bring that to life and say, yep, you're, you're right, safeguarding is this. This is your responsibility. You know, those like horrific blokes who are fucking terrible and speaking out, they're not the responsibility of wrestling promotions. However, that doesn't mean that we don't have like a corporate responsibility ourselves to kind of making things right. So even though I've told people to fuck off if they don't want to deal with it, what I am also saying is that we have actually reached out with other local promotions to kind of try and offer our services as well. Um, at least just as a reporting um, um, kind of a, a line of communication on that front. And um, we, we haven't got anything in set in stone, but I know that we're going to be speaking with Dan Fitch, uh, MEW. Um, we're going to be speaking with Liam Slater in regards to PPW's training school and things like that, just to kind of start the conversation and just so I can introduce them to Joe and Joe's really committed to um, as you guys hang yeah, on there, he's really committed to genuinely making a change I think what we learned from Joe is, um, is he's, he's very much about educating people on yeah on what we can do and like all about giving people the tools and hopefully they then use them to make it a better place like he's very much yeah. about educating as many people as he can within mm-hmm. within the industry that we all love to just make it a better place and it was, it was really refreshing yeah, sort of and I think in, in speaking out, it was terrifying. Like, it was yeah. really, really terrifying for everybody involved, no one less the promoter. Um, and I think, you know, it made me go, fuck this, I'm not doing this. Like, this isn't what I wanted or like signed how, up for. But How close were you, like, throwing in a towel during then? It was done. Yeah, it was, it was already <laughs> done. I think straight after, I was like, no, like, so it was like June. I was like, no, come on, we can bring this together. And then I think, honestly, for about, uh the rest of that year probably from the summer just now i was like no I'm not gonna, can't be asked it's done it's too much um there was other stuff you know the fallout of that um there was a you know there's people that i trusted who um presented themselves to be pretty untrustworthy which i think took a massive hit and then it makes me question or it made me question everything that i had done and probably some of the um negligence like um that any promoter um and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and dodge it and go like yeah like now 
it makes me think why the fuck weren't we doing all of this in the first place like so there is an element of uh negligence and taking on that responsibility and that's quite that was quite a heavy heavy um place to be until you start finding the support until you start going to people who know about this shit and until you start putting your hands up and going like yeah look i didn't have a fucking clue and that's absolutely fine um i didn't know how to do it i didn't know how to safeguard i didn't know how to look after people in that particular way there's nothing wrong with saying that as a promoter it's absolutely fucking fine I think people are very scared about the whole situation and they don't, they themselves don't want to be dragged into it. Like, um, which I, you know, I get, I don't. Um, but if you get, if you go and speak to experts um, and you learn about safeguard and you go on a safeguard course, you'll learn about what safeguarding is and you'll realize, oh, right. Yeah, well, of course. Yes, we can do this. If anything, that need, if there's anything that needs to go to the police, go to the police. Um, we can support you in, in, in that. But I'm not a policeman. I'm not, a, I'm not somebody who, I think um, I think some people got mixed up with you know how they think rest, uh, wrestling promoters and wrestlers are like omnipresent on the scene, but there's people operating in the shadows that definitely didn't want promoters and other wrestlers to find out about what they were doing. Yeah, um, that's the whole point. That was the whole point of what they were doing. Um, they because the problem is, would I have acted on it? I wouldn't have known how to react to it. Like I wouldn't have known if I'd known at that point without knowing someone like Joe without knowing that Ancraft Trust are there to um, to help us understand how to deal with these types of things, without knowing stuff, uh, people like Equity to kind of help us put agreements in place, without having properly signed agreements with wrestlers and saying, this is what's expected of you, if you go over any of that. You know, I've had wrestlers, like we, we have fully signed agreements now, we've signed every show for every day. And I'll have wrestlers say, how, oh, like, I've got a concern, how do I do it? And I'm like, You've signed away that you've read all these fucking policies. Go and fucking read them again. <laughs> like, take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Take yeah. it seriously. Like, because we've spent, we're, we're taking it seriously. Um, and and those things have been resolved. So yeah, like, do you know? Like, I know I'm rambling a little bit now, but it's like, no, no, it's, it's not. It's not a ramble. It's it's. Yeah. It's a pretty emotive subject. Yeah, it's no, also it's also pretty fucking scary for everybody involved. Like, um, so I think it's one of those things where it's just like. People see it and go, I'm going to get cancelled. Oh, it's just cancel culture. It's like, it's not fucking cancel culture if you're not a fucking dick. But also it's there to protect yourself. So if you're in a situation where, even low-level situation where we've seen it, um, where there's people coming back into wrestling, low-level situation, I say low-level, but like low-level situations and going like a wrestler's in that, in that environment, what do I do? Like, do I say I don't work the show? Like, do I tell them to fuck off? you know the someone like joe can help guide yeah. people through that yeah. and we've had we've had that situation where the, the situation hasn't arisen but people have asked what the fuck do i do if somebody turns up in a locker room that i don't want to be working with um is that my responsibility because i do think unfortunately on twitter responsibility is then put on the person and you've got to be really careful about how you do that um everything every situation should be judged on its own merits and, and kind of what's happened in that situation as well. We love that in a vacuum. Absolutely. Um, but that's also really, really fucking scary. But you've got to reach out to the right channels to understand how to fucking deal with those situations because if we don't, we create shadows again. So if we just kind of like draw, turn a blind eye to it again and go like, well, I don't really know. It's not my business. Or like, you know, you, it, you don't have to be the person to solve it. And it, you know what? Joe doesn't have to be the person to solve it either because I don't want to put too much pressure on his shoulders. But what needs to be done is any situation like that needs to be dealt with and reported 
to the proper in in the proper way. Oh, like it needs to, yeah, it does. And, and that needs everyone signing up for that. So that needs promoters signing up for that. It needs MEW Dan Pitch MEW has been great. Um, he's I'll be honest, everything you know he's been aware of certain things and he's acted on them just in the same way that, that I would have. So hopefully having that kind of support for wrestlers for other promoters as well and just start talking to each other and just saying look this is why we're not doing this or this thing's happened so you should be aware of that um but done in the legal confines of you know this is you know we're not going to just share information you can't just share information that is unsubstantiated mm. um but done in the confines of somebody who knows how to fucking deal with this and the best person in the whole fucking north fine side to deal with it is joe Kerwin. so we're really really lucky you, to have been able to call yeah, yeah and we're, we're lucky enough to have a, the only reason we have that is because we've got a platform that's been loud enough yeah. uh, and, and has enough followers for him to have realized who we were, for him to then go, I really like what they've done, for him to come to me mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and, and ask. But again, that was me asking for help. I, thought, I think a lot of people don't ask for help. It's absolutely fine to go, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know fucking where, I didn't know where to go about safeguarding to start off with. So I asked, I asked someone who might know. And then, you know, that's the best way to, best way to go with it. LinkedIn, linked back into the, like, the safeguarding and all the like allegations. Um, you made the difficult decision to leave the Riverside as well, mm-hmm. the allegation from SSD. Um, mm-hmm. But it has allowed us to move into the Anarchy Brewery. Um, mm-hmm. How did your choices to move there come about? Like, how hard was it to find a venue that was going to encapsulate North, uh, if, we hadn't, if we hadn't, have, yeah, if we hadn't found Anarchy, I would have really doubted that we would have run a show again. Like genuinely, I don't know where another venue in town would have been like that. Um, there's been there was a bit of a hoo ha about like I think there was another promotion who was going to use it. Um, it was it, it wasn't easy that whole fucking thing either. Um, if I've put anyone's nose out of joint over that one, then I do apologise. But I don't think sharing a venue should be an issue. There was a thing yeah. with Eve. Dan Reed from Eve kind of got the wrong end of the, of the stick on a on a post as if we were the ones being dickheads about them. And he was like, it's a venue, who gives a shit if your product's good enough, if your promotion's good enough. If you build you can build a venue up to be a wrestling venue as well. They do that yeah, absolutely. quite a lot in London. Yeah. Um and honestly, if I'm being a bit of a dick and being um if I know how good my own promotion is, I was like, I genuinely think they would have got a rub from being from from us being there as well. We were very happy to work together. Um uh, so that was I mean, that was difficult. Yeah, that made me feel like a bit of a... Angle. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they could have. Uh, no, <laughs> Anarchy Brewery could have been, you know, the the epicenter of wrestling, if you will, in um in the northeast. Perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. perfect for it. Absolutely. I think even if you're a seated show with a smaller capacity, they would definitely have. Um, would have worked. Yeah, and they would have they would have um um been very hospitable to that as well, um but. They're not without their problems as well. Their, their owner said a couple of things um, that weren't. Um, I, I think he made a, basically a homophobic remark, um, and that was great. There, we found about that like after we'd agreed everything. Um, but again, we were in a lucky position where we could say, "Look, we don't like that. Like that right. isn't okay." And we were, we pushed them on what they'd done about it. We pushed them on. Um, um, what they were going to do about it and how they were going to prevent that from happening again. We made it very clear that if anything like that ever happens again, whilst that's our home, it won't be our home. Like, um, and 
there's a there's a couple of schools of thought around it. It's like I think the SSD stuff, which I, whilst I don't really want to talk about it, um, it's not my place to talk about it. There was a couple of things that were aside from the allegations that I was like, it's time for us to go here anyway, um, and it was it was time to it was time to leave there. So going somewhere like Anarchy, um, you know, you can either you can either tell tell someone to piss off. And, and ex, you know excommunicate from them but a lot of the stuff we learned from like the Ancraft trust actually was to suspend people and tell people to fuck off and and and, and cut them out actually makes them retract into the shadows even further so a lot of what they talk about is rehabilitation excuse me is um rehabilitation and actually having that conversation if that person's willing to have that conversation whether that's with i mean there's something that you wouldn't open up a line of communication with somebody yeah. for doing but for some of the things where people could probably learn from you should take those opportunities to learn from them and rehabilitate to a certain extent and educate and i, I know joe sits down or sits on that as well that is safeguarding because my worst thought would be you excommunicate somebody and then they just go and do it somewhere where they're allowed to do it because they haven't, learned their, they haven't learned their lesson they haven't been taught why they shouldn't be doing it at all whatever you know exactly they've just been allowed to, to carry on and think it's normal but they just won't work in that one place so, yeah exactly yeah. and they'll just go to somewhere where they're allowed to get away with it yeah. so and there's more shadows or there's less in place to deal with that so i think with the anarchy brewery stuff yeah there was that there was a pretty um there was a homophobic remark made by i think the owner or whatever but they took responsibility for it um you know it that's they are separate from us as well like they are they are a separate entity but i was happy with uh, we work with a promoter there called Cole Gilroy, who runs Brain Trust Collective, and the assurances that he'd given us um, to make sure that, that type of thing would never happen again. Um, and and we kind of just think, well, we'll bring our shit to them and show them that that's just not acceptable in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, a remark's a remark, whether you like it or not. Um, it's a bullshit fucking remark, and it's still... I, find, I do find it difficult. That's the one thing I still rankles in my head a little bit about that. But at the end of the day, they've been really fucking good to us. The venue's fucking great. They've yeah. really made strides to change themselves. It's just um, a contrition then. That's, yeah, and their business practices of, and they're a good, they're, they're, mm. a, they're a proper business who pay their staff and their staff are happy. Like, so that for me is a big thing. You know, I mean, there's obviously some unhappy staff in there as there is with everybody. I think there's, again, there was other, about the comments and whatever but they the people that i work with there are fucking great um we're hoping to have made a difference in actually saying to them look this can't happen like the person in question's taken sensitivity training he's gone on and done um they've got to outsource their hr and things like that so there's a more accountability in there for stuff rather than it just being kind of like owner says goes type thing so mm-hmm. so yeah but like that's i mean i think because we've gone from speaking out to that i wanted to make sure that that was brought up because yeah. again it's not something that i want to sidestep and think like oh we'll just forget about that one like ah fuck them they're probably yeah. gone, but now we'll but forget about that I, yeah that's it's very not forgot- to 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 you know no, it's, yeah it's very it's yeah. very it's, yeah. but it's something that i felt has been dealt with i think so yeah. in terms of anarchy brewery it's something that's been dealt with and you know you've got scott and jake there who um who basically are like our guys and then all the bar staff but scott and jake's particularly who have just been and and eddie there at anarchy actually who's who's now in their sales but who have just been really fucking um 
uh, hospitable and you know they didn't have a disabled toilet but they pay for it we, we go harpers to bring a disabled toilet in for um our shows um they're more than happy to do that they've been so good with the setup they had heaters above the thingy that they've just removed so that we can be in there yes. um yeah they've, they've been absolutely they basically closed the whole thing off for us on a saturday um, yeah i still don't we, think that's stopping a jack bandicoot from there taking his feet off no man old to reese like yeah. jesus christ i've oh, got that, two good hops that's the that, issue that's that frog yeah. splash was genuinely yeah. 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 The first show, there was a, I think Doris did something where I was just watching it and the heaters were tied up to the, up, tied up to the ceiling safely, may I add, but with fuck tons of cable ties. <laughs> and I was like, this is the worst feeling <laughs> for like a return to like a glorious return to wrestling. I was like, fucking hell. If that goes yeah. down, <laughs> heater in the ring. Yeah, 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 but no, they've been absolutely fucking wonderful, and I really feel like like we've really stamped our kind of mark on that place, and I think we really work well together. It definitely feels like home now. It does it feels great? Uh, before we before we get deep into Anarchy Brewery, and I want to ask like some questions about um um how you feel, what sort of creativity it gives you as a, as a booker. Uh, I think it's time once again for another round of uh, chop knock chop. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. It's everybody's <laughs> everybody's favorite game show. As long as there's no comment on speaking out, then um, uh, no, let's not, let's not discuss that. Um, uh, no. um, <clears throat> the simple one, but whether it's chop or whether it's not, is up to you, Mister Bowers. Yeah, you couldn't copy our podcast, chop or not. Chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a hundred percent chop. <laughs> yeah, that was chop. I do believe yeah. you started before us, though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we're uh, we, we're North's longest running podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Credit where it's due. Uh, we're still getting chop. You know what I mean? Get out. <laughs> we got re indignant about that with chop. He was like, "Oh, I redid it." Like, whoa, nah. Whoa. we were we were clearly yeah, a show mean, before you. <laughs> evidence that the man rewrites history in his own head. <laughs> to suit yeah. his own narrative. He's the Vince McMahon of uh, Northeast Wrestling. Yeah, like it's <laughs> excellent. He's not because right. he Vince McMahon works a lot harder than he does. <laughs> wow. wow, shots fired. No, he does work. He works very hard. Chop. That's really harsh. What do? He's a very, very. Um, he is a very valuable member of our team. He's he's great. He's always had a lot of time for us, and we've always yeah, yeah. Well. guys. We take, we take the yeah. We all are. We take the yeah. piss, but genuinely. I mean, this is the bit I want you to edit out, but genuinely, he does really help um, me massively on the show. And he's, yeah, he's been, he's a, a great person to have on the team. Yeah. Okay. I'll make sure that comes straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Time to ask a couple more questions, if that's all right with you. Yeah. 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 D20 of Destiny. Uh-oh. Uh, what number? Two. Uh, this is one from a Mr. Tom Campbell. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Bowers, your campaign yeah. seems to have the momentum of a runaway train. What makes you so popular? <laughs> oh, at least it's not about seeing her in rains. What makes us so popular is um, jumping on the back of people like Matthew and Tom and Cultaholic and just trying to steal their fans in. That's what makes us popular. Oh, that's what we're missing out on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, I'll ask a second one because that was quite that is 16. Oh, 
Oh, big one. Spyro or Pikachu? Look, I'm 37 years old. I'm a little bit too old for either of them. Um, I never liked Spyro. I'd have to go with Pikachu. I played Pikachu. I played Pokemon on 3DS for a little while. So I'd have to go with Pikachu. Should have went for the Power Rangers question. Yeah, oh man. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, quickly yeah. ask that one then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's winning a fight? The White Power Ranger or the Green Power Ranger? What was um, what was White Power Ranger's special thingamajig? He had the Tiger Sword the ti- and the Tiger and the Tiger Sword. Tiger Sword. And what was Green Rangers again? He had the dagger with the flute, yeah. and he had the oh. dragon. He had the dragon sword. Yeah. Dragon sword though. That's Coolest. Pretty. Yeah, the dragon sword was cool, but the flute thing. Yeah. Not about it, it brings him <laughs> brings him down. I'd have to say the the white the white the white ranger it reminds it's like. Seth Rollins, HBK vibes, isn't it? Yeah, good call. Green Green Rangers is Hurricane Helms, so like I'd go, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. White Ranger is Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, nice. and he came down on the thingy. Yeah, fucking yeah, he's got a fucking, he's got a fucking tiger. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? He's got a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got a dragon, fair enough. But yeah, but you got a flute. flute. Yeah, you got to summon it by playing the flute. It's a cool yeah. flute. Um, yeah. right. that's, so just, that's an oxymoron mate. Yeah. it's so the just... only flute with a knife on the end of it exactly <laughs> come on when was the last time you played a flute or a knife <laughs> right um, just on Anarchy Brewery while, while we're still there um, so as you as a promoter I know you said on, on Indie Wrestling that you uh, you always wanted the big blue cage for, for Riverside <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously yeah. we've got a bit of a lower ceiling now like in Anarchy, what are you seeing? Is what's is there anything like sort of creative juices flowing that you're thinking, oh, we could do this? Or you don't have to tell her, like you don't have to give any specifics. We love a surprise. Um, yes, but like just yes. <laughs> Lovely, <thank you. laughs> no. Um, no. Would you still love to get a big blue cage? <laughs> I'd love to get a big blue cage. I just don't know whether anyone will be able to see it. That's the only problem. I yeah. guess that's like the, the. I think at the minute the, the biggest issue that we're trying to deal with. Uh, I'm very I'm very happy just to keep the wrestling as it is. Um, we haven't been able to do too much with like any kind of big gimmick matches just because of COVID really. Like yeah. even in the last show, there was like, I, you know, I'll say before, it's like stay ringside at the very, I mean, I know we had Rory come through the crowd. Um, Cara put a mask on when he came in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I don't know that. I mean, that that is, but I think one of the things we're really struggling with is like, which I think um, I don't know if many other like gig promoters would bother themselves with this, but it's like people being able to see. So that's like I mean, we brought chairs in for the first time, which is like obviously been quite a big success. But um, I think for where they are, it works well having chairs there. Um, but I would never want to become like an all-seated show or anything mm-hmm. like that. I really think that would detract from what North is. However, you know, I would like to put like a PSA out saying just like people need to just be a little bit more considerate. I know, like, if you're a tall lad, just have a look behind you. Like, it, it is mad, because I saw it at the end of the last show. It's like, I know everyone wants to see what's going on. But honestly, there was about, like, 
twenty six foot plus blokes. Like it's the land right of the giants. The like, it's it's it's, mad. it's Like we stand close <laughs> to the back because we're we're very much aware we're all fairly tall lads. Mm. Except um, for Fletcher. Except for Fletcher. But as, a, as a distinctly average sized man, I know it's difficult. Like say for example, if you're like a, if you're like a tall fellow and you were with like maybe smaller friends or your girlfriend or partner or whatever is smaller, or you're a, a tall woman with a small boyfriend, like how do you stand together? I mean, it is it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how the fuck we ever solve that. I don't think we do other than just saying to people like, just come on. Just a bit of consideration for the little people. Small, small people down the front, you know, yeah. like I was thinking about like having uh, everyone, everyone had, had like, had to tell me what their height was and just do it in high, high order. Just right, everyone, in everyone in the line. Everyone yeah. in the line. Right, you'll sit there. You'll be there. Then yeah. you'll have people lying. You'll be like, you're not really six foot, are you? Like, come on. You, this <laughs> yeah. isn't your Tinder profile. Don't be trying to tell me you're six foot one. Chop, you're... you get to watch it on the gorilla in the back anyway. Like, so you're fine, Chop. You're, yeah, not, Chop's you're, not, you're definitely not six foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, cool. Um, right, so what we know about Andrew Bowers is you love in wrestling, you love surprises mm. and you love interviews. Are that your favorite bit? Interviews in terms of like, like promos, wrestling. Or, oh, yeah, 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 promos, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like wrestling, they're your favorite bit. So, on that note, why do you love tag team wrestling so much? I do love tag team wrestling. You, so we know, I really, do love tag team. <laughs> good job. I get so I get, I get, I've got this um, reputation for like loving pointless multi-man matches, which I also do. Um, and again, I'll use evidence that multi-man matches work when you go back and look at our last show, Will Cruz, Ridgeway, yeah. Robbie X and Kirby put on a awesome. fucking banger. Yeah. But I mean, I do appreciate it. It's like literally for the best in British <laughs> yeah. So like um, that, that, that's probably why that worked. Um, but tag matches, I just think they're fucking great. I think there's loads of stuff you can do in a tag match that you can't do in a singles match. Um, uh, but then I think when I book a card, going back to booking a card, I'll always go like, right, if we're doing a six or seven match card, I'll be like three or four singles matches. Nobody wants to see any more than that. Like mm. I've been to a show which was fucking five or six single matches. And that was it. It's like, this is boring as fuck. Yeah. Like everyone ends up doing the same thing. You know, it's it's it, it gets really boring by the main event. So tag matches are a great way of introducing something else to the show. So I'll always try and go like three or four singles, probably four singles. I'll always try and have tag match in there, two tag matches, or even three, as the show has. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like that's a multi-man that's a match. Treat. Yeah, <laughs> it is. and I think. Um, but again, this is like when opportunity arises. So like, you know, um, we've got a sunshine machine and it was like, oh, fuck. Like I really, but one of the things that one of the policies and procedures that we put in place was like, I can't have people traveling up from London, like I said, driving five and a half hours and then just turning them back around and doing the same and getting home at five in the morning. I can't do it. Um, but at the same time, I can't afford to be putting people up in hotels in Newcastle on a Saturday night. Yeah and paying for trains and stuff like that. It's like, it's unfortunate with our corner of the country. It's just fucking expensive to do anything on a Saturday night. And train travels fucking even more expensive. Like, and don't get me started on planes. Um, and petrol's expensive now as well. Um, so, and a lot of wrestlers will wrestle on a Sunday as well. So it's quite difficult to kind of like, to do that. So we've got like, um, so with TK and Mambo, um, 
they were they basically said they're coming back from Copenhagen on the day of our show. Um, there's like fucking really cheap flights from Copenhagen back to Edinburgh. Like, can you get us from Edinburgh? I was like, yep, we can definitely do that. That's absolutely mm. fine. So those opportunities arise and you're like, I've already booked two tag matches. <laughs> Just through yeah. the, how the last show ran. <laughs> it was like, ah, uh, yeah, we haven't really thought that through. But it is what it is. And I, I, I love tag wrestling. Like, I really do love tag wrestling. I think there's not enough tag wrestling in... Britain, I would say. Um, I've got, I just like, I like, there's nothing more pleasing than when you see two singles wrestlers come together and you're like, oh fuck, they look, ah, they look like a tag team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. fuck, there's a tag, that's a tag team. Yes. Like, I think Crash Brought that, obviously they're, they're built as a tag team, but like, I think that, like, when you see, when you see a tag team looking like and operating like a tag team, like, that's fucking sick. I love that. Okay. No, Speaking on expenses, uh, Amir Jordan did ask if he can get his four pound metro ticket oh, on expenses. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why? Do I owe him that? <laughs> yeah. He said in the next show, can he claim question. his four pound metro ticket? It's legitimately a question. question. Uh, he's going to have to, he's gonna have to yeah. buy a ticket, just like the rest yeah. of us. He's going to no. have to buy a ticket. <laughs> With his, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, been speaking to Amir Jordan. I think, um, I think that's a nod to him. I'm not, I'm not, well, I don't know if it's I think he's moving up here. So, oh, um, cool. yeah. But obviously, we can't use anybody from WWE at the minute. I yeah. don't know if that's going to, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I'm surprised he's moving up here because, I mean, we tried to kidnap him once and uh, we thought he was trying to stay far from us. So. Oh, I forgot about that. Didn't that stick him on a trailer as well? I think. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> In our defence, he, think... he definitely said yes when we went, do you want what to carry it at the ring? Oh, we were that drunk. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. It, was the, it was the way you carried him, I think. He wasn't. <laughs> like, he was safe. He back. wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> we just came back from injury as well, I think, and he said, we were like, yeah, we'll just pick you up. It's just one of those, you know, it's one of those moments when we look back, yeah. like, oh, no. Cringe. Great times. <laughs> he knows how to bump. He's fine. He's yeah. fine. No, He's yeah, but, yeah, unfortunately, I'd love to have him back. Yeah, but we can't even use referees from I understand that. Why John can't get a deal? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can totally understand why they do that, though. By the way, that's yeah. not me bitching about it. I think the yeah. whole NXT's killed the scene thing. I'm like, I fucking hate it when people say that because I'm like, what were you in the scene for? Like, British wrestling will always be about finding the next big thing, and it'll always be about independence building up their own, their own vibe, their own thing. Like, if someone goes off and gets a contract. Um, one thing you can't blame anyone for doing that and the second thing is like you can't then blame WWE for going I don't want you to work that indie like I don't understand yeah. I've never understood that argument of people getting funny about it I'm not going to lie it'd be easier for me if we could do it um, but that's you know they, they pay them pay them money like they don't want them to get injured on the indies because then they have to pay for them when they're out and they by all accounts really look after people when they're injured um, did it, have they killed the scene I don't. I don't. It depends. It depends how you look at it. it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Did they take all the best stars? Yeah, they did. Yeah, but is that what the independent scene's about? I don't personally believe it is. No. So that's true. Independence about making stars, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. what's it's, like. It's about it's, making, like it's always finding been, the next big thing. And it's always been a feeder system. Yeah. Yeah. They just that's my job, you know. Okay, my job is to celebrate the process. Yeah, yeah. My job is to make you care about wrestlers who you don't already care about. So, yeah. like, if you again, it's that thing. If you're a promoter. You know, for it, it's like just fucking, you know. Oh, but you know, there's different ways of promoting. No, you could be, 
there's, you know, you can do the whole like bringing in big imports and stuff like that. Um, I'm just too tight. <laughs> well, speaking of bringing people in, um, obviously Carl alluded to the fact that you love promos and surprises. What's mm. been your favorite North promo and what's been your favorite North surprise? My favorite North surprise. Oh, fucking hell, I'm gonna have to go actually use my mind, my memory here. Um, I think my favorite North promo has got to be there's a couple that have been done by Rory Coyle. Um, I'd say probably the one that he did um, when Aussie Open. No, CCK didn't turn up, uh, which is way back when NCL 6 where that really established him as like, oh, fuck, this guy is going to go. And it was him versus Baz Ban, um, which was just a stupid, like, kick the fucking ever-loving fuck out of each other. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the well, actually, there's two things. Like, I think the way that they set that up on the night, was like, or the way Rory set that up on the night was brilliant. It was basically saying, like, you're my brother and I'm going to kick the fuck out of you. But he did a promo on CCK before that, which is the first one, which is really well done, which was like, that was the first one where I think people stood up and took notice and like, oh, fuck, this is this is the guy for North. Um, other promo-wise, I think I think the Eddie Kingston one where he just like talked up independent wrestling was obviously like in my in my promotion as we stand and doing that, I was like, fucking hell, that's nice. Um, that's nice. <laughs> that's yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> That was one of those weird moments where I was watching at the back, like going like, e- "Extreme Warfare" kind of like turned to real. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" This, this is happening. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, then uh, the problem with the problem is, I just like we do a show and I move on from it, so I won't, I won't remember it. What was the other thing you asked? Surprise! Uh, surprise. What, what North surprise? I think um, Amir Jordan returning has always been good. Uh, I think um, Amir Jordan. Um, beating Nathan Cruz as well in his loser leaves town match was yeah. fucking unbelievable. Um, I don't know if there's been m- many more. I mean, we've had quite a few surprises. Um, no, I can't, I can't remember anymore. Is there any of you? Any what about you guys? I think so. I've got so I literally, yeah. I literally just fucking yeah. do the show and forget about what we've done. And <laughs> it all blew into one. Like this is a lot yeah, of surprises. Yeah. Obviously, I I joined the cult at NCL sixteen. Yeah. Um. So I've got a pretty limited like pool to go from, but mine would probably be Liam Slater's. And, yes. um, oh, fucking! That was great. Uh, yeah. I don't need your medicine, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, when Rory came back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. The, when yeah, when Rory came because he took that little bit of time off. Yeah. And um, it was just before the big six man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when his yeah, uh, yeah. when his when his music hit the Riverside, literally, it went yeah. off. It went off. Yeah. Um, I think actually the Liam Slater one is definitely one. Yeah, that Liam's I remember great. getting goosebumps for as well. It was like because um, I had been worked out for for quite a while and just didn't seem like Liam was going to come back. And I just I, I really like Liam as a person. Get on with him really well. Um. So just like, and obviously the song as well really helps. I think oh, yeah. love love that song. But like, like you say, anytime 
Rory comes through the curtain. Mm. Like, obviously, he's changed his music and his new music's fucking great as well. It's fucking terrifying, is what it is. Oh, it's perfect, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I love that. The, I loved his, you know, good guy music. I thought, yeah. like, whenever uh, that hit, that was our proper, like, awesome. One source, take three yeah, power chords. One source power chords hit. Yeah, that was our glass smash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you what else was great when uh, Alex jumped off the. Uh... <laughs> That technically counted as a surprise. That was a big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a big surprise to me. Yeah, it was a big surprise to me. <laughs> You're like, what's he doing up there? We went, Guys, he, did it, he did it twice. He did it on the second show yeah. in front of yeah. like 70 people. And then Howard did it. H.T. Drake did it. Um, but then Alex, is, he was like, he's obviously seen both of them. Just gone, yeah. oh, I'm just going to try and hit the fucking rafters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't just fall. He leaped like he got. Yeah, no scary as fuck. No that case. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're responsible for a lot of good memories on uh, a lot of Saturday <laughs> nights, powers. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, my pleasure. Not, yeah. not hangovers as well. And what? Yes. <laughs> like we are drawn at the end, but yeah, would be would be remiss not to throw in one more round of chop or not. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm very Final aware round. as well that I said I hated fucking three-hour podcasts, and here we are, two and a half hours into it. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's flown over. It's been, right. a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. Um, yeah. The final one, Andrew Bowers. The thing that does my tits in is that most wrestlers aren't shoot tough. Now, <laughs> cop or not? Cop or not? Oh God! Like that's definitely chop. And he's going to get so much shit for that. It was a chop. It was a It chop. was not. It was not. not. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That one. All the rest, 100% chop. Who was that? We just, we just made it up. Made it up. Oh, I, wanted to try, like... I wanted to try and have you think throughout that chop said all of them and then yeah, yeah, yeah. switch it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I will I will happily say that Chop did not say that to us. Yes. Thank fuck. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a... I just tell everyone that he did. <laughs> I mean, you could probably convince him he did say that in all fairness. I, I mean, really I was did. pretty convinced that I said it exactly like somebody would fucking say. Well, um, Mr. Bowers, uh, we thank you very much for joining me. Finally. No problem. It's been great. Um Thanks for producing great wrestling that we love. No problem. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Like I said at the top, thank you very much for doing the podcast. It's quite bizarre yeah. feeling to have that. Like, so it's very nice you, uh, to be able to you, come and say thank you. Yeah, we, you, uh, you keep putting on wrestling. We'll keep chatting shit about it. Yeah, uh... Excellent. I can listen to it in my car and just go like, you know, have a nice little kind of uh, self-reflective wank. little wankathon for myself. <laughs> that's a great place to leave it. 